Welcome back to the Far on the Bench. This is Nico O'Brien here alongside me, Jimmy Pilata. We have a great episode for you. Um, we, we, Jimmy gives a touching t- tribute to his former coach, um, rest in peace, Coach Barron. Very touching t- tribute at the beginning with a certain intention. Then we dive right into the last October episode, baby. Last one. Um, it's, it's, we talk about uh, favorite activities. Uh, don't forget to follow us on everything at FEOTVPod, on Instagram, on Twitter, TikTok. We have a TikTok now. Don't forget that. Um, you can follow up, follow our socials as well, whatever it may be, Jim Pilato and Nico Bryant. Um, don't forget to follow us on Hinge SN, our network baby. Uh, we have so many great things going on, so many great things in store. Um, it's only getting bigger and only getting better. Can't wait for y'all to see the, all the things that we have in store coming out because there's going to be a lot of great things. Um, but with that, without further ado, let's jump into this absolutely banger episode, baby. Jimmy, let's get going. I'm... I, I... I'm figuring it out. Okay, we we figured out most. We got of, the live video. Yeah, we, we got, got the got video. We, now. we got the video. So be sure to watch that on Thursday. But let's let's just. Welcome in, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, it's this is gonna be tough. I'm gonna see if I can get myself through it. Um, I made an original statement. If you listen to my radio show, you know I made an original statement when my one of my old wrestling coaches, Hall of Fame coach in Colorado and nationally recognized in the Hall of Fame as well, was originally diagnosed with brain cancer that was incurable. It was terminal. Um, he had, unfortunately, he ended up passing away early this morning from the cancer. I'm not going to say he lost his fight because Coach Barron doesn't lose. Uh, I wanted to start off this podcast just because... He's, he was so so much to so many people. Uh, he coached, he was a wrestling coach for 50 years, all of them in Colorado. He wrestled in, in, in Colorado. He was Colorado through and through, graduated from North, Northern Colorado. And it's, everybody expected this to be the outcome because it was, the doctor said that the cancer was untreatable, but everybody really thought that he, he was going to make a miracle out of it. And just because he was such a great man and, and touched so many lives, I wanted to give him a special tribute to start off this week's podcast. He finished his career. He retired this past February in the state wrestling tournament, left his shoes in the middle of the mat. And honestly, every time I see him walk out there, leave his shoes in in center circle, it does bring gives me goosebumps and it brings tears to my eyes. But he finished his career with a record of 495, 181-6 in dual meets in his Helped guide more than 50 wrestlers to placing at state, countless state champions. He coached his son. He coached all these guys that come back and, and are now on his coaching staff. And you know that you're a special person when you leave one school that you coached all these guys at and your assistant coaches follow you and wear the colors of a rival high school because they love and care for you so much and they know that you're trying to do the right thing and continue to try and show people what it is to be a man. And that's what he did. He wasn't. He was more than just a football and wrestling coach. He was somebody you could go to, and he'd be able to teach you. And he had so much experience and so much knowledge. All I can say is, I'm. 
grateful and I'm spoiled for the time that I had with him. And it's tough this week and it's tough today. It's probably going to be tough for a long time. And I know I'm not the only one that's hurting. So I wanted to recognize Coach Barron, his wife, uh, Jane, we call her Mama Barron, his son, Luke, his daughter, Jen, and all of his grandkids who I know are going to be missing their grandpa. Uh, I always thought of him as a grandfather figure to me because I never knew my grandfather. And I, I just, like I said, I cherish all the moments that I got with him, all the times that he kicked the crap out of me and wiped my face along the mat, just to remind me that he could. I mean, he had more bones fused in his body than I think anybody probably should. He was basically the $6 million man, and he had a dent in his silver tooth. He had, he had a tooth replaced, and he still dented his silver tooth. Um, so it's a somber day, but this should no way be... This should be a celebration of a life of one of the greatest men to ever coach in Colorado and one of the greatest men that I've ever had the privilege to know. So I, I thank you for the time that I had with you, Coach Barron. Uh, keep, get, keep yourself in shape because when I get to where you are, we're going to have one more match and we're going to see who the real king is. But I'm, I'm sad that you're not going to be here, but I know that you're feeling better now and you're not in as much pain. And I know that everybody's hurting now feels the same way. So it, it sucks. And I wish you were still here with us. Cancer sucks. Cancer's not fun. But congratulations on a great career and a great life. I love you, Coach. And I always will. All right, here we go. We're in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, man. It's It was a touching tribute Jimmy just had. Uh, Coach Barron, although I didn't know him as well as Jimmy did, I uh, did get to meet him a few times in middle school, and it was a very touching tribute. You know, Jimmy had a very uh, awesome uh, wrestling career, and he loved uh, staying on the mat. And, yeah. and, I, and I'm, it's, it's, I'm, I'm sorry that for your loss there. I know it, it's a tough time for everybody. Cancer sucks. I've had, I've had friends who had cancer and were able to luckily get over it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had people or close family friends who have also died to it. It's, it's, a, it's one of those things where uh, it makes you. Love life a little bit more and yeah. cherish every single moment. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, and everybody, I reached out to some of my um, friends that I knew were also playing with Coach Barron when I was over at Heritage, and I told everybody the same thing. Like, I thought that old bastard was going to outlive all of us. I thought he was going to be tougher than everybody, and just at some point he was going to be the guy that lived to 130. Um, so it, was, it, was a sh it wasn't a shock because obviously we, everybody knew that this was probably going to be the outcome. But it, it hurts. It, it still doesn't feel good. I, he's the reason that I kept wrestling all the way through high school. Um, I quit for a few years and then came back and let the 61-year-old man that I met just absolutely ragdoll me. You know, I said it, he, uh, he had like three vertebrae in his neck fused, his ankles were fused, so he couldn't bend or flex, like move anything. But he had like a, I think he had a, something metal in his chin, and he'd like to dig it right in between, you know, where the pec ligament is, and he'd just... Uh, are you are you gonna stay down? He's like, yeah, I'm staying down. I don't want you to hurt me anymore. Um, he like I, he's coached so many people, and that's the thing about um, it's a good and bad thing about social media is that you have to see it all the time. But it's cool reading some of the other stories of people that I'm not necessarily uh, wrestled with or ever was was in. But he coached for 50 years, so he's coached so many people, and they all have the same story. Like he was. He was just that per he was a great person and he all he did was coach coach year round football wrestling track and then in the summers he'd do uh, the football you you know him from the football camps, yeah, football the, camps. he looks like cool. he looks like the owner of Orange County Choppers like long lost brother with the Fu Manchu and, and a gold tooth 
but hard noses it gets, man. He he's something else. He, he you know he never wore long pants in any football game that he coached. And he coached in Wyoming and he coached in Colorado. And he had a few he was on the um, staff with Heritage won their state championship when they were four A. And so he did coach in the winter, in the dead of winter in shorts. He just put a beanie on if it was a little bit cold. He said he had the mentality that his body wasn't going to be cold, and I, I, I believe him. There, there's nothing that could stop that guy. So it sucks that he's not going to be here, and it sucks that nobody else is going to be able to wrestle for him or play football for him, but I think that obviously he's in a lot less pain now. And like I said, Coach, I, I'm sure you're listening. or you're, I'm sure this is going to get back to you at some point, so I'm sure I'm in for it when I do get there. But I want another wrestling match. I think I, I could take you now. I, I think I can get you, but yeah, it was, it was a touching tribute, Jimmy. This this episode definitely goes out to Coach Barron out there. This one's a tribute to him, man. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. We have so many great sports to talk about. Yep. I was going to be proud of this, but before we dive into everything, man, just want to give a quick shout out. This will be our first episode on YouTube. Yes, we said it. We said it. We had it set up last week. Last week we we fumbled the bag. <laughs> it screwed up a little bit, but this week we are finally got the GoPro working. Got a decent light, yep. so hopefully this looks okay. But I mean, we're. Up Ugly anyway, so that that would you're not going to be able to change that, but at least you can see us. Exactly. So you'll be able to listen to us on Wednesdays on Apple, um, Spotify, wherever you listen to. Unhinged, unhinged as well. Yep. On and then on Thursday we also will have the YouTube video drop yep. um, in the morning, more than likely. So uh, if you're listening to this and you want to see our beautiful faces talk a little bit, then go go check the YouTube page out. It's at the Far on the Bench Podcast. Yep. Um, same thing as uh, pretty everything, much everything else. Everything else. We so. also started a TikTok. I know a lot of you guys saw that when I posted it. Uh, but we'll be posting like clips and stuff. Uh, Jimmy will be posting those. Yeah, so I'm not shaking my ass for no TikTok. <laughs> I, I told you that's Dom. Dom and I shake our ass on TikTok, but I'll save that for my personal one. The podcast will be uh, sports takes, and then we could have done something when Bird was here. So when we have interviews, we'll do like a behind the scenes stuff, and we'll post it there and on the YouTube channel because now we got we got to generate some content yeah, for the we'll YouTube channel. We'll have a bunch of content on there. If you're watching, I'm watching. I'm wearing my Broncos jersey. I'm gonna have a different one is every that, week. Is that Davis or is that it's Lindsay? Phil Lindsay, okay. the goat, the Denver goat, baby? So. I, I gotta rep my team even though we lost. We'll get to that later on. But before we get into sports, gotta talk about Spooktober, baby. It's, it's the last week of Spooktober. It's almost over. Last week you had some very, very questionable picks of candies, but that wasn't your forte. So I'll give you a little bit of slack there. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like sweet things, <laughs> honestly. Well, I don't like sweet things as I'm drinking uh, un- unnamed soda since we're on YouTube. I'm not gonna tell you the brand, but I am drinking the soda. Some people like my picks. The Dum Dums is where I pulled a lot of people back. I saved it with the Dum Dums, yeah. but I had guys that I played with in college. Like, dude, your candy picks were ass. Yeah, I'm sorry. It could, it could have been a little bit better, but this week, so we are. Uh, there isn't a whole lot left, so we're, we want the top four or top activities in yeah. Spooktober. Um, there's some main ones that I got to hit on. Um, we neither of us like going to haunted houses. I was traumatized very badly when I was a kid by Chris. Um, by Birdman. By Birdman. Yeah. By Chris, when I was little, he took me to a haunted house when I was 10 years old, 9 years old, and I was, oh my god, I had so many traumatic I'm, I'm sure that things. he found, he was like going to the haunted house where they made you sign the waiver, like, these guys will be able to touch you. That's And the, the worst part of that was, too, we got to cut the line. Yeah. And we, so I didn't get no time in between. We haunted house hop, yeah. like, eight different ones, back to back to back to back, and I was having to go through each of these without waiting in line, so there's no buffer zone. Yeah, you so just, just got scared. 10-year-old kid, just ridiculous. Hold down to my mom just as I'm going through the haunted house. Oh, oh I gosh. can't believe that your mom let, let Chris talk her into letting you go to that. Oh, that doesn't. I thought that your mom would definitely be on the side of, like, no, we shouldn't. 
He should at least be 13. No, she let Brock sit out, but I had to go. So oh. that was that was the, she let the younger brother go or <laughs> sit out, but I had to go through that. But haunted houses are a great thing to go back if you if you're coupled up or have a significant other, pumpkin patch. Or if you want to see patch. who's the toughest out of all your friends, like you can go with all your buddies and mm-hmm. whoever screams the loudest has to buy drinks that night. That's that's how you should play that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, haunted houses are definitely fun, and Colorado has some pretty good ones. 13th floor, yeah, everybody floor. that I've talked to, even people that aren't from here, love the 13th floor. Uh, and the asylum is one that I've been hearing a lot about. Uh, there's so many um, des- like destitute places in Colorado that nothing else is around there but like an old rickety house. Um, plus the Stanley Hotel. Oh, Stanley Hotel. Stanley, yeah. That's going to be one of that's That'll be my first one. The Stanley Hotel is something... Uh, you can't go now, unfortunately, because of all the fires. Hopefully, the snow helped them out. Um, shout out to the Colorado firefighters from all over the state because they've been having to pull them in from everywhere. Including my good buddy Drew up there in Grand Lake. Grand uh, Lake I, did, I was I was wondering if he was um, fighting. Or, yeah, one or of anything. my buddies who beat leukemia is up in Grand Lake. Shout out to Drew. Yeah, he's, shout out Drew. He's been uh, battling so many fires up there, and he's doing a service to the state. And the snow was much needed, but it was fucking freezing. It's it's so cold, and the snowplow drivers need to brush up on their skills because driving over here I had to pull out some tricks from Gunnison and that's only sad because this is like a quarter of the snow that Gunnison got mm-hmm. this past weekend but um, the Stanley Hotel if it is still standing which I hope it is because if it burns down it's already built on an Indian burial ground so that's going to be a whole another I don't want to yeah 20, 2020 doesn't need that kind of ammo let's just leave it at what it's all, yeah. all been so far but the Stanley Hotel I've heard is a lot of fun to go to if you believe in that sort of thing I don't know I'm not going to say that I don't believe in ghosts or spirits or anything like that, um, but if if you're really into it, I'm sure I'm sure you no, probably no. already have gone. If you're not a native of Colorado and you're listening to this, man, I would highly recommend mm-hmm. searching, looking, googling Stanley Hotel and and um, just just seeing all the creepy things that happen in there. Well, if you're a fan of The Shining, that's the hotel that the the book is, The Shining is based off of. Yeah, and there's there's. Go, uh, not Ghostbusters, but there was like a Ghost Hunters, mm-hmm. um, I think had an episode there too. There's been so many creepy things. Haunted Houses are fantastic. Stanley, uh, th- Stanley Hotel is great. Uh, another pick of mine would be Pumpkin Patches and Carnivals, although I, I put Carnivals usually, but since everything with COVID, Carnival time, it, this would be a time to go, but yeah. it's, it's tough right now with everything going on, so that's unfortunate. But you still go carve some pumpkins. That's 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 the fun things to look fun things to do. I thought you were gonna bring up the um, I thought you were gonna bring up cornfields and I'm not going like I'm oh, not going to a corn hell, maze. No. Uh, I haven't seen Children of the Corn, but I know the story well enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with any kind of child cult or anything like that. So uh, if you want to, go ahead, go get lost in a field of corn. Hopefully you don't stray from the path because you could get lost in there and nobody be able to find you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what, what else do you like to do for, for Spooktober? I mean, I, I love, it's flannel season. I love I love the flannels coming out. Got the flannels and jean jackets, man. It's that time of the year. A little bit more frosty. So it's, it's, it's like, I love getting all the better fits out there. Yeah. Wearing jeans, getting back. Um, besides that, man, best thing about Spooktober is football. Football is fully in swing. Yeah. College football, NFL. Like, every Sunday and every Saturday is filled watching football, no matter what. Yeah. And it starts in Spooktober. And we're about to start getting action on Tuesday nights because the Mac is going to be coming back. Pac-12 after dark is going to be coming back. So, like I said last week, if you want to stay up late like you're uh, trying to sneak watching watching some of the channels that you shouldn't, uh, you can stay up instead and watch Pac-12 football. I don't know. If you're a defensive player, it might give you some nightmares. That's kind of yeah. scary. 
because there's no defense played in the Pac-12. But there's a lot of thing, a lot of good things. I love this time of year. Obviously, I was born in this time of year, yeah. and we were always playing football, so it's always it's always going to have a special place in my heart. Um, and that's a good segue. Now we got to get into the Big Ten, man. Big Ten's back this week. Um, ton of great games. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll go all college football as well because Clemson. Did have a little bit of an upset. Syracuse scored 21 points, which was kind of a little bit ridiculous. That was, yeah. They only beat them by 28, so that, that was a little crazy. They hit the over, though. Hit the over. We thought they were going to hit the over by themselves. Or Syracuse gave them a little bit of help. But starting in the Big Ten, uh, we'll start with your game of the week because that was it was tied. Um, it was a great game in the first half. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic game in the first half. And then we remembered that Justin Fields is who he is. And Justin and Fields secured his place back in the Heisman race. There's a reason why he's probably the second best quarterback coming out of this year's next year's draft yeah um there was at least four or five targeting penalties too that was oh that was horrendous to watch i i mean it's it's one of those things especially college football like targeting penalties cost more than than what it worth i mean yes you are trying to save save people's like save the health of different players but like it's 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 tough that you, you lose a whole player for the rest of the game and the next game if if it's, it's in the second half, half yeah. yeah uh it's it's a touch touch and go subject for me because I've had plenty of teammates that have gotten really bad concussions and then they're either not able to come back or it takes them a season to in order to come back. Uh, big Ten football is big boy football for a reason. That's one of the it's the closest thing I think to um, NFL football. Just the way all the teams play and it's played in the Colts. So you're gonna have to be tough. Uh, the tar- I, I don't know. The fact that you can challenge or the fact that the booth can call a replay and then tell you to kick that kid out of the game, that's a little bit suspect to me. Uh, I think it should be a call made on the field. And if the referees deem it not a, not a targeting penalty, then that's where it should be left. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Fields, I don't, know if he, I don't know if he has enough time to win the Heisman. Obviously, Big Ten is going to get some consideration in that area. But it's, it's another story in this saga of Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. They've been neck and neck all the way, even back in high school. They were, I think they were both in Georgia. And uh, Trevor Lawrence was the number one rated pocket passing quarterback, even though he can run. He's proven that against Ohio State, in fact, that he had the first touchdown last year in the semifinal. And then Justin Fields was the number one rated dual threat quarterback coming out of high school. Have taken different paths. Trevor Lawrence, I think, has been more successful early on, but now... Justin Fields and Ryan Day are a match made in, in football heaven. That's uh, if you were if you could create like if you were playing NCAA and you could create a player for Ryan Day's offense, you'd create Justin Fields. He's not the biggest guy, but he can move and he's pinpoint accurate. He missed one pass in his entire game. On, uh, he, on he, he was a stud. The first time, like you said, he only missed X amount of passes, like twenty of twenty one. He was he was putting up numbers, and if he if he continues that weekly, he him, he's going to give Trevor Lawrence a run for his money at yeah. the Heisman. I mean, I think. I don't know if he's going to be able to overtake Trevor. That's the one thing tough about it, but I think there's a good shot at him possibly doing that. Yeah, and um, it, it, I did, I'll give Nebraska a little bit of credit. I like Scott Frost. Uh, he was the coach of UCF when they went on their crazy run and beat Auburn in the bowl game. Uh, and he had a quote saying, Ryan Day came out and apologized for running up the score. And his quote was, well, if we wanted the score to be different, we got to play better. That's a football guy yeah, right there. So guy. shout out to Coach Frost. I think Nebraska is better than they have been in the past. I don't think they're completely back yet, obviously, because they used to be going 24-0 through two seasons. But now uh, they are getting back to where they should be. Um, So I'll I'll give Nebraska a little bit of credit for that. I want to talk about Penn State because Penn State's probably the upset of the weekend. But I honestly don't know if that kid got the two-point conversion. It's 
it's one of those plays where depending on who you're rooting for and where you look at it, it'll be different each very, time. Very, very close. Michael Penix Jr., man, he stretched. Very gutsy play, mm-hmm. play call by Indiana there. Um, you're, you're winning most of the game against Penn State. Penn State was able to come back. I mean, two instances this weekend where a running back scored a touchdown when he should have just fell, and yeah. his team would have won the game, both in the Indiana-Penn State game. Penn State guy got into the end zone, gave Indiana another chance to come back, and then that Falcons game, which we'll talk about later. Um, both instances were... It's, it's hard to tell a running back to stop, especially when he sees the end zone, but it, Penn State cost, it, it's, Penn State is no longer have a chance to final four 100%. Like if, if they are able to go win out and still get a, go back to the 8C where they were, they're not going to be able to get in the final four. Yeah. Um, just because like it's, it's going to be a tough schedule losing to Indiana. Indiana is now ranked. So I respect that. I'm like one of our good friends, or um, who will be on the pod in two weeks for the Masters. Big golf guy. Big golf guy. He's he's a former Indiana grad, and mm-hmm. he was losing his fucking mind, man. It's I was excited for him because I like seeing underdogs, and I don't believe Penn State is as good anymore, especially without Trace Trace McSorley. <laughs> Trace McSorley and and Saquon Saquon Barkley. So yeah. like it's. I don't know. I they also don't have Deshaun. They don't Deshaun. have KJ. Yeah. They have so many weapons that are gone. They're and, in a rebuilding phase right now. And Indiana, man, maybe they'll shock some people. Who knows? This is um, this is a momentum game. They, yeah. they had a great year last year, and beating Penn State first week back, that's huge. This is kind of – Indiana was rebuilding for a long time, um, and this is a game – I don't know if they'll go on a crazy run, mm-hmm. but this is a game that they, they deserve to win after losing so many close games last year. They've been like right there for three or four years in a row, and now I'm seeing them break through against Penn State. Uh, I do like Penn State. Um, I, I do like James Franklin, so I was a little bit disappointed in the way that they ended up playing. Good on them for coming back and making it a game because it really shouldn't have been a one-score game, honestly, with the amount of uh, mistakes that they made. And Indiana was – you could tell Indiana it's, – it's like – I think this is what Clemson ran into a little bit with Syracuse. You're going to get everybody's best shot when you're – the underdog is always going to try and, and outtake the – the and they call them trap games for a reason because when you're – when you are the big dog or you at least assume that you're the big dog on campus, you're always going to be looking to fight the other big dogs and you got to watch out because some of these guys, I mean, anything can happen on any given Saturday. Especially like college football is the dumbest sport to bet on. I'm sorry, Barstool. I know that you guys make it your living off of betting. but college football. I mean, I don't even want to be a college football coach because you have to put your career in the hands of 18- to 23-year-olds. I don't want to bet on 18- to 23-year-olds being able to do what they should do all the time. So congrats to Indiana. I think Penn State will be able to come back. best thing they can do now is play spoiler and make sure that nobody in the Big Ten makes it to the college football yeah, playoff because they, they play Ohio State in two weeks. Yeah, their best chance is to win out and have Ohio State fall and them. Or actually, honestly, Ohio State's a – them to beat Ohio State, then Ohio State to go on a run and not lose a game as well, because mm-hmm. that will help Penn State's um, chance into the Final Four. But unless yeah. they have to win out completely, and they have to have Ohio State win out um, besides losing to Penn State for them to make the Final Four. They actually play on Saturday. Uh, Ohio State and Penn State mm-hmm. is this Saturday. So I think that kind of plays into the outcome of the last game too, because they were obviously looking ahead, waiting for – I think they go – I don't know if they play at home yeah, they do. So they were waiting for Ohio State to come into Happy Valley, and they ended up, you know, not not taking Indiana as seriously as they should have, and uh, everything happens for a reason, I guess. But uh, where do you want to go next? Because we can well, talk. Let's stay in the Big Ten. Yeah, no, no, we'll stay in the Big Ten. But do you want to go Michigan, Minnesota, or do you want to 
You want to talk oh, about? I want to talk about Mel Tucker and the shithole Michigan State is, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh huh, man. Mel Tucker. If if you aren't living in a hole and you're not from Colorado, Mel Tucker was the coach at CU. He was he he was a CU as a college, University of Colorado, and I don't necessarily have a college football team just because my school I went to in college didn't have a team, and there we are a basketball school. So I kind of take CU as my own just because my two older brothers, brothers went there. But Mel Tucker left CU in the off season after saying he was going to stay. Only was only there for one year. He had this whole thing. He told the boosters and told all these recruits that he was staying. And blah blah blah. He goes to Michigan State and absolute shits the bed his first game back. And I love to see it, man. They play fucking Rutgers. Rutgers. They lost to Craig Shiano. Oh my god. And if you know anything about Craig Shiano's history, you know that's not good. Do yourselves a favor and look up uh, Shiano Man. The Barstool, part of my take, made a song. They um, they parody Piano Man and make it Shiano Man. It's a good song because he's one of the worst coaches of all time. And Michigan State, I mean, I guess Mel Tucker. You can Mel now, Tucker. You can now say it that he's one of the worst coaches of all time too. That was just uh, seven turnovers. You can't come back from that. Even if you are, so I think Rutgers is better than they have been, but they're not good. And I wouldn't classify them as a team who should be beating anybody in the Big Ten. I think they should be. They they lost. I think it was twenty nine or something ridiculous, like straight Big Ten games. Mm-hmm. They haven't won a Big Ten game in probably three years, yeah. and they upset oh, Michigan was. State. It was a Big Ten road game. They hadn't won in three calendar years. Three calendar years, something stupid like that. And you're mm-hmm. telling me Michigan State, this cherished program, it's basketball school, not a football school, cherished program, whatever it may be, and you bring in this new coach who has all this hype around him, you can't beat Rutgers? Nah, kick rocks, man. Yeah. Oh, Tucker, you ain't going to do nothing, man. Good, he's. A, I'm glad he's out of CU. No, honestly, it's probably going to be way better for CU. I don't remember who their coach is now, but it couldn't be any worse than what they had with Mel Tucker. They should have been – they had LaVisca Chenault, and they had uh, Montez, and I don't think he, – he wasn't the coach when they had uh, Lufa, but they have, like, talent. Oh, it's not like a, CU shouldn't be competing for a big t- or a Pac-12 championship. We were ranked a few years back. I mean, I'm not going to say we, but CU was ranked a few years back, and mm-hmm. like they were on the cusp of, of being something in the Pac-12. And then Mel Tucker comes in, and it just absolutely shits the bed. I'm glad he's gone, man. Finally, CU maybe will have a little more promise. They saw Mel Tucker just lose his mind and then lose. Nebraska also lost, which also helps CU fans out. Um, but I'm glad Mel Tucker's gone. CU Football comes back, I think, next week or, or two weeks or whatever it may be. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's this week, but, but, um, back, but either way, like it's, I'm, I'm glad he lost. And I'm glad, I'm, I, I like Michigan State basketball because I love Tom Izzo, but Michigan State football can kick rocks. Yeah, that's how bad does that look on the athletic director because you fire oh, one of uh, Saban's disciples who got you to the college po- football playoff before. And now uh, you, you can't even beat Rutgers. This is ridiculous. Yeah, Especially at Rutgers. Home. Rutgers at home. Especially Rutgers, man. Like, I know we're disrespecting Rutgers, but you're, uh, you're. I don't even know. You're a wrestling school. You're, yeah, you're not. You're not. You're, you're a school. You're, yeah. You're not, a, you're not a competitive sports school. A, no, school. They're, they're good at wrestling because New Jersey, for whatever reason, loves wrestling. But other than that, I wouldn't classify them as anything else. They're, they might be a good academic institution, yeah. but who cares about academics, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, what do you think about Michigan? They did beat Minnesota. Do you buy into the hype now, or do you... I'm going to hold off on that. Just, I mean, they did dominate Minnesota. Like The final score was 49-24, so the game was looked like it was out. I didn't get a chance to watch that too much, but the game did look out of hand. Um, it's it's one of those things where like Michigan has to go undefeated. Mm-hmm. They ha- And that's a big what-if, because that team down south, is yeah. plays, you, you play at the end of the year. And and Ohio State-Michigan, if they, if they went out and play Ohio State at the end of the year... Maybe they'll have a shot at the Final Four, but 
you got to beat the Ohio other team. Yeah, and it's 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 a couple things because Minnesota they had a crazy year last year, but they, their defense is not as good as they were because they had a lot of guys get drafted. Antoine Winfield, uh, we'll talk about him later because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are something. I, they're starting to become scary. They're starting to be a little bit more on my radar, but he's gone. And uh, PJ Flex a great coach, and I think that he's a great man for everything that he did um, with Casey O'Brien last year. That's the holder's name. I finally I found the post that I made about it, so I'll I'll give him. Uh, the recognition of, of saying his name, but it was uh, Michigan always comes out hot. Michigan always starts off like two, three, four, and zero against Jim Harbaugh. They end up losing their last three, last games of the season by a lot to a little. They yeah. they always yeah. fall apart towards the end of the season. Um, so I think it was a, a little bit of Michigan being ready because they always are ready to play early on, and Minnesota just doesn't have the defense to stack up to. Uh, what Michigan had on offense. I, I didn't really watch this game either. I was watching the North Carolina-NC State game more. But this was somewhat what I expected. I thought they would keep it more of a one-score to ten-point one ten game. Uh, but I don't think Michigan – I don't think Michigan's legit. I don't take them seriously. The only other team I take seriously right now in the Big Ten is Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Wisconsin they looked good. I mean, they, they played against Illinois, and Illinois, uh, they're another just a school. I don't. They don't have they're anything. Really they're basketball, but besides that, no. they're they're not great at anything in Wisconsin. They do have Lovey Smith. Though, yeah, so they do have Lovey Smith. They did upset. Um, uh, who was it? I can't remember who they upset last year. It might have been Wisconsin, uh, or it was Northwestern. Northwestern was on a crazy. They were undefeated and and got upset by Illinois last year. So there, there's a lot of promise there. And Lovey Smith, being a former NFL coach, will help out. Graham Mertz is a sleeper in the Heisman race right now. He was also 20 of 21, 248, and five touchdowns. Um, It'll be good for the Big Ten quarterbacks to all of them play well because then that elevates them in all of the postseason award standings. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think Wisconsin can beat Ohio State. They've they've been that team that everybody says they're going to beat Ohio State, but they never are able to pull it off. So I think... They did look good, and they'll be able to beat a lot of other teams that they play, and whoever they play in the bowl game, they'll probably be able to handle pretty well. But they're not going to beat Ohio State, and I don't think that they're going to be in the playoffs just because they're not going to go undefeated. They they play Nebraska or Michigan in two weeks. That would be a great game. And they actually don't play Ohio State, so the only time that they would play Ohio State would be in the Big Ten Championship. Uh-oh. Which is very likely, mm-hmm. still still very likely. Maybe they do go undefeated as well, like you said. They play Michigan. If they knock off Michigan, they'll be easily top ten. Um, they're they're uh, ninth right now. Ninth right sure. now, so that'll even get them closer to the top four. Yeah. Um. So if they are able to knock Ohio State, maybe they and they go and they run the table, they could be a final four team. But you have to. I mean, I I didn't know about a lot about Mertz, but he I feel like he's definitely elevating his draft stock. Mm-hmm. Um. It's going to be tough. Only eight games as well for that for him. But I, I still don't think he's on the level of Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. No. It's still going to take time. Maybe he's in that third to fourth range with Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, so that and, and and Travis Etienne with Clemson. So yeah. like it's it's he's, he's he has he has to have ungodly numbers to be a Heisman winner. Um, he would have to throw like fifty touchdowns in an eight game season, which doesn't very Joe Joe Burrow esque. Yeah, Burrow-esque. it would have to be a Joe Burrow season, but. The, I think what helped Joe Burrow out last year was that he beat nine of like the top 16 ranked teams yeah. mm-hmm. at the end of the season. Um, other uh, Elsewhere in college football, like we said, Clemson, a little bit disappointing going up against Syracuse, but I, I think, think Syracuse, was, Syracuse was up for yeah. that game. And uh, Clemson was 
They play Notre Dame in two weeks, so they had a couple really soft weeks before they played them. So I think it was a, a case of Dabo not really getting his guys ready to play, and then Syracuse just wanted wanted to play spoiler for that one. And they kind of did, because if you took the 46.5-point spread, you're pretty pissed off right now. Yeah, considering what's it, what uh, Clemson did the previous week going – into Georgia Tech and winning 73-7, to and this week only winning 47-21. I mean, take this with a grain of salt because Clemson did dominate them in every fashion, mm-hmm. but we just thought it would be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, and Trevor Lawrence, it was a, it's out of character for him. He did throw almost 300 yards, but he was 27-43. What the hell? He's under seventy percent completion percentage. I didn't know this one pass. Yeah, I didn't know that he could go less than seventy yeah. percent completion percentage. Uh, but I, I think that they'll bounce back. I'm not worried about Clemson. I still think they're going to win out, dominate the ACC, and be probably the top seed in the college football yeah, playoff when it comes. Yeah, I don't. Uh, oh. We'll we'll talk about Alabama because now they lost uh, Waddle. Waddle's yeah. going to be out yeah, for the year. Tough loss. He he was definitely probably the uh, number one receiver to be taken next year. That's that hurts him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to hurt them a lot. Um, before we get into the recap of that game, though, I want to give a shout out to Alabama's punter Charlie Scott, a good uh, great friend of mine and a former teammate, both of Jimmy and mine. He was yep. a, he was a punter at Air Force and now he's a punter at Bama. Man, uh, if you're listening, brother, I miss you, man. It's it's good, great to see you doing well. And he's you Thick, Trump. You look thick. He's a starting punter for the number two team in the country, and that brings chills to my mind because I, I know Charlie personally, and he's such a great guy on and off the field, and I couldn't be happier for him. Um, I, I hope Alabama is able to win a ring just because I want to see Chuck get a ring, but it, it, they, it's going to be tough without Waddle, though. Mac yeah. Jones, maybe he'll have a fall-off, though. Mac Jones without Jalen Waddle out there, he still has Damian Harris, though. Probably Devontae Smith. Smith. Like there's a ton of studs though that Alabama still has. Yeah, Alabama can just now bring one of their practice squad guys that was also a five star recruit mm-hmm. uh, from wherever wherever he's from. Uh, I'll give. I wanted to say that Nick Saban also gave Charlie a shout out. He he did say that he was going to be consistent and he knew that he was going to put the ball where it needed to be because he was JK's little brother. So shout out to the Scott family. Both of you guys know how to punt the ball very well. Um, so that was that was good for them. Alabama's defense now not having a guy like Waddle who can score from anywhere on the field, that's something that is going to be, I think, that's going to affect everything. Now they're going to have to rely on Charlie being able to put the defense into a better situation because if you give them, if you give the opposition any other chance now, you're not going to be able to put up these 60, 70 point scores. I, I trust, I trust Chuck. No, I, I trust them too. I trust but, Chuck. but now you're going to, you're just not relying. You could rely on your offense, and you could rely on them to outscore anybody. I think, uh, it, I, I do think that they could have scored a hundred points if they wanted to with all their weapons. And now you're just going to have to rely on those other sides of the ball. You're going to have to make sure your defense fi- figures out what the hell's going on with them because it's. It's honestly kind of upsetting that Alabama doesn't have as good of a defense as they've had in the past. Oh, they, they're known for their great defense. Right? Yeah, they're used to running. They, they're used like Trent Richardson, Derrick Henry. You run the ball, you play good defense, and every now and again, A.J. McCarron will throw a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to have to kind of go back to that. You're not going to be able to rely on four, two, 150 yard receivings from two of your receivers and Mac Jones being able to throw 400 yards because it's just not going to happen. Yeah, they're going to have to rely um, – defense is going to have to get together and, and uh, play a lot better. I mean, I guess the other SEC schools, it's, it's going to be – I mean, the, playing Auburn at the end of the year is always going to be tough, but I don't – they just beat Georgia, like I said, dominated Georgia, mm-hmm. so they're going to have to um, 
run a table and they're easily going to be the two seed. Yeah, I don't really see there's not anybody Auburn just because it's a um, rivalry, game. rivalry game and it's a big rivalry game and they always seem to play each other close. I was I was rooting for Auburn last year because I didn't want Alabama to be the one lost team that made it into the, into the playoff. Uh, but they play Mississippi State, LSU, Kentucky, and Arkansas. Other than Auburn, so that's that's yeah, the Auburn one game that you kind of got to wor- worry about with the Iron Bowl. But everybody else, that I think that we have our one and two set pretty much, yeah. um, barring some sort of meltdown by either team. Uh, it's going to be Clemson, Alabama, and then three and four kind of up to, up for debate. Notre Dame beat the crap out of Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh. Come on now. And they have to play Clemson in two weeks. That's mm-hmm. going to knock them back. If if Notre Dame upsets Clemson, then there's going to be chaos. But that's that's a, that's a conversation to have in a few weeks from now. But Notre Dame has to beat Clemson to make the final four. If they don't beat Clemson, they're 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 out. I think a Big Ten school will be there. And then you got to look at um, do you uh, put in another SEC school? Is a Big Twelve school like like a Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State get in? Who they just Cincinnati, Cincinnati, BYU six and zero. And they, they have a possible Heisman contender. Yeah, there's a there's a lot that still could happen. Three and four are up for grabs, 100%. Yeah, and it could be – three and four could be one to two lost teams depending on how everything else fi- finishes out. I think now uh, with Penn State, they dropped all the way down to 18 after the, that loss last week to Indiana. One behind in, one behind Indiana. That was going to be something – I am already I already have my problems with the rankings. O- Oklahoma State should not be behind Georgia who's three and one. I don't care. Oklahoma State's undefeated. Who cares? The Big Twelve doesn't play as good a defense, and it doesn't have as good a competition as the SEC. But uh, the uh, there's BYU. I think could be a good story. I really people are sleeping on Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a pretty good team. They're pretty athletic, and, and these teams. It's like UCF when they played Auburn. These these aren't teams that have guys that come in for their two years and then go to the draft. These are seniors. And they want to build to build a foundation. They want to leave their program in a better spot. So I think that they have a lot to play for. And I do think that they're going to be a sleeper by the time the selection selection Sunday comes. Uh, if they are undefeated and if they win their conference championship, and then we put in a one loss or one to two loss Big Ten team outside of the conference champion in the in the top four, I'm probably not going to. I'm going to watch the college football playoff because I can't stop myself. But I would be very disappointed in the selection committee if that's what happens. Yeah, selection committee has a has a lot to um they're gonna have to deal with. Um it'll be um it's 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 gonna be very interesting how it, it all plays out and going forward. Cause college football, like we said, it's very un un or unable to You can't predict, predict it. Can't yeah. unpredictable. Un- yeah. It's very unpredictable. That's the word I can't think of the fucking word. Unpredictable to um bet on and unpredictable to to see what exactly is all going on. Um it's gonna be a great End of the year, though. I'm, I'm glad Pac-12 is coming back because Pac-12 at dark is always fun to watch, and I can't wait. Pac-12 after dark, that is fun because they score a lot of points. Like we said, no defense. Mm-hmm. So if you're a former defender, sorry, don't watch those games. <laughs> um, yeah, there's not really too much else to talk about. North Carolina had a good bounce-back game, bounce-back win against NC State, who was also ranked in the top 25 yeah. when they played. So good for them. I think I really like Mac Brown, and I like Howell, the quarterback there. So they, they had a good bounce back game. Still a basketball school. It is, Sorry, still a basketball school. Yeah, when you're college basketball comes back, thirty days too, baby. Oh baby, I can't wait. But yeah, North Carolina is still a basketball school. They're not they're not gonna they have to run the table and beat Clemson and that's probably not gonna happen. No, I don't think they're ready to beat Clemson. Maybe next year when Trevor Lawrence is in the NFL and Sam Howell's gonna be a if junior. He's in the NFL, that's the only if too. If you're talking, I don't know if you want to play for the Jets. Yeah, if you're <laughs> if your bet plays out and the Jets go 0 sixteen, by the way, 
I'm going to start retweeting my brother. Every, uh, the last three weeks that they've lost, my Dom is a, my brother Dom is a huge Jets fan, and he's been tweeting oh, out God. fire Adam Gase. And I'm going to like and retweet it, see if it happens, because it should have happened by now. This is absolutely ridiculous. But, yeah, if if your bet comes true and Jets go 0-16, I'd stay in school. I'd probably look for a Masters or... Bring me my money, baby. Jets going 0-16. Count it, baby. It's going to happen. But, yeah, well, that's a good segue now. Is there anything else? Any other college football games next week? Anything else that um, catches your eye? Uh, Penn State, Ohio State's a big matchup. Yep. That'll be something to, to watch out for. Other than that... Colorado State will come back. They're playing Fresno week one. Um, Georgia and Memphis-Cincinnati will be a good game. That's an AAC game. Uh, Memphis was actually the team that they beat in the conference championship game last year, so that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Kansas State's surprising, too. That's I'll talk about that in my beats of the week, but I think Kansas State is a lot better than people were thinking before they went into the season. Yeah, they also played Kansas last week, but... Because Kansas is still a basketball school, so yeah. Well, they did beat Oklahoma. They that's beat true, Oklahoma thirty-eight, thirty-five. So that's they true. they have a signature win already, and they play Oklahoma State in a couple weeks. So, like I said, with um, Penn State wanting to play spoiler, Kansas State's going to want to play spoiler and try and knock out everybody else to to get into the college. Yeah, there's not as many uh, top twenty-five matchups against each other, but there's there's going to there should be a lot of great games on. Bowl, the bowl weekend, bowl season is going to be crazy because you you're going to get a lot of these teams who haven't played each other that normally do and it's going to actually be for for something now because when winning a bowl game is huge for the school because you get money and then the players obviously want to get the swag swag bags and um, be able that you want to be able to say that you want a bowl game so that's that's going to be interesting once that comes around but that's that's basically it for college football keep keep an eye on some of these sleeper teams uh and the games have been absolutely incredible there's been a lot of close games and, and a lot of uh Performances that have just been out of this world. A lot of fun things to bet on too, man. There's yeah. a lot of good things. College football is unpredictable. It's why, tough to bet on. But why it, not throw your money at, at some at some of the favorites, especially? Yeah, uh, if you have if you have the money to spare, might as well. It's gonna it's like playing. It's like shooting craps. You can catch a hot streak. Just know when to walk away from the table when yeah, your heaters no over. Them, no one to fold them. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's get in the NFL now because it was a big week. Uh, let's all we'll start with with my team, Denver Broncos. I was able to go to the game a mile high on Sunday. If you watched on TV, yes, it was as cold as it looked. <laughs> my ass was freezing. I had about ten layers on, man. But oh, I I I was willing to get a frostbite because. Like I like I like I was tweeting on our on our page at FEOTV Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Follow um, I I was literally like, this is the first sporting event, live sporting event I have been to since February, mm-hmm. and, I, and that was a college basketball game at my school's Grand Canyon University. Like it's it's been a long long time since I've been able to go go to a live sporting event game, and it was worth it. Whether we got our asses kicked <laughs> or we would have won or whatever it may have been, and I fro- froze my ass off, but. God damn, it was so good to have my butt sit in a seat, hear all the songs that they, they were playing on stadium. Concessions open? Concessions were open. I had myself a little hot cocoa with a little bit of a little Nick or a little spiked hot cocoa, a little little, little extra. But because my team was losing, had, yeah. to, had to help the help the. You gotta uh, ease the pain a little. Ease bit. the pain a little bit, but man, it was it was so awesome, man. I, I I gotta give a shout out to all the workers, especially at Mile High, and all the workers around all these stadiums, especially in the NFL and college football, because they're they're not they're risking their lives um, at the same time. Like they're they're putting on a great great job making sure everyone's safe as much as possible yeah. making sure um, people are still able to see games and I, I, I although it was a loss 
I couldn't have been happier to be there, man. It was, it was so much fun. Yeah, and it wasn't I'll, – I'll give you this. I, I've been hard on the Broncos um, because I think that there's a lot – if you listen to sports radio in Denver, there's a few people that think that they're still Super Bowl bound and, and stuff like that. Or they're not, not Super Bowl not, bound. I don't know. I think it's between you and the Raiders right now for second in the division. Yeah. Um, but they did – they played better than I thought they were going to. They had a lot of bad mistakes that they need to fix. But they did hold – I mean, if you look just at the little snip that they put on ESPN, all the top performers are Broncos players on we, offense. We outrushed them. Mm-hmm. We outpassed them. We, we, the Chiefs were – Melvin Gordon was drunk and he still outrushed them. Okay, we're not, we're not going to talk about <laughs> Melvin Gordon. You have to now. He's your starter. God. Oh, my God. But we, the Chiefs are over 9 on third down. It's the first time a team has – or it was the most points a team has won by and going like – or second most, sorry, behind the Giants way back when, but second most team has ever won by it by not converting a third down. Yeah. Our defense was much, much improved. Um, it's just we made mistakes. Having giving, We gave the Chiefs two touchdowns in the first half and without their offense scoring. We held Mahomes decently in check, yeah. and he did not have a big a game as he could have, and that's the way we would have won that game. The, we, the kick return touchdown was ridiculous. McManus should have kicked that out of the end zone. Had no shot of that even happening. By the especially way, these, this weather. Yeah, and by the way, it's you're more likely to catch a foul ball at an MLB game than see a kick return for a touchdown. That's, exactly. And the percentages work out to the to where you could probably get struck by lightning. And then the pick six, I'll give Locke a little bit little bit of credit because he they were throwing pressure at him all night in, in the offensive line besides the left tackle, 72. I'm still not saying your name to the end of the year, but we'll get to maybe eventually I'll get to say your name. But he has been playing a lot better, but the right side still has a lot of work. Dotson. Hey, Dotson Dot- isn't the problem. It's your interior. It's Glass- Cush. Glass- and, Glass- it's Glass- and Glasgow is really not the problem. It's Cush and it's Reisner. Yeah. Reisner's in a little bit of a sophomore slump. And Kush, He's an injured too. I'll give yeah. him a little help there too. It's you, the, our offense line is very young, and we have to get experience. Cushenberry, a rookie center, is very very tough in yep. any position. I mean, I, um, I I played center, so I know that you you're the one setting the protections. You're the one that's kind of got to know everything, and then you're also like you played Vita Vea and I think Cameron Hayward back to back weeks. Yep. That's tough. And then you played Chris Jones this week. Chris yeah. Chris Jones is, is an animal. They have Frank Clark like. The Chiefs' defense isn't good, but they got some good players. Tyron Matthew, Dan, Dirty Dan Sorensen, yeah, he's the one who got the, the pick six, and he, he knocked out. all over the field. Also, before I talk about the pick, Sorensen should have been ejected before that. Yeah. But let's, 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 he let's put been, that out yeah. clearly. He had a terrible, terrible, dirty hit on Phil Lindsay. Phil Lindsay is the best running back caller Denver Broncos has. I don't want to hear shit about Melvin Gordon. He, he fumbles the ball. Phil Lindsay hasn't fumbled the ball in three seasons. Three seasons. Melvin Gordon's I, I played was, four games, and he's had fucking two, four fumbles. I was very surprised that he held on to that ball because that was – and I knew – I was so glad that the trainers did pull him out and they took his helmet away from him because you, you knew there was something not – he went out for a split second. I think he didn't go out completely, but there was a second – where his lights were out, and then they came back on, and, and you could tell he was Phillip not there. Philip Lindsay is a dog, man. I love watching him run the ball. and and there's, it, The only reason why I have this jersey, it's a 30 jersey, and it's tough wearing a 30 Broncos jersey. It's blue especially because it's Terrell Davis, but Phil Lindsay deserves that number, deserves mm-hmm. the mantra of the best running back Denver Broncos has because he's a hometown kid. He runs with passion. He doesn't fumble the ball. It's Hopefully he's able to heal back because he is much needed. Melvin Gordon, like I said, man – you can take the player out of San Diego, but you can't take the San Diego out of the player. Melvin Gordon is a charger for life, and that's why he sucks right now. That's why he's bad. 
Yeah, I, I agree that Philip Lindsay... He got there. gifted a touchdown at the end of the game just yeah. because Drew Locke was finally finding Noah Fant at the end of the game, which was also ridiculous. Yeah, Noah Fant didn't get any touches until the fourth quarter. We were... Oh, my God. There's... there's well, there's a lot of bad things. I don't blame Fangio for the offensive struggles because Sherber needs to get his shit together. I blame um, Fangio for the bad tackling on that, on the first touchdown. The first touchdown, yeah, I'll give him that. But like the defense played great. Besides that, yeah. Um, so, Shelby Harris, you gotta you gotta keep Shelby Harris. You gotta keep Purcell. You you got a good interior. Well, Purcell, Purcell's now out for the year as well. He uh, just tore his ACL, so he's done. So there's another injury. At least we had Bouye back. Alexander Johnson had a decent game. Josie Jewell did decently locking down Kelsey. Kelsey didn't only have, I think it was 25 yards or something like yeah, that. Yeah, one catch in the first game. quarter. And it was a screen that honestly should have been picked. Mm-hmm. I was surprised Sorry. that he got that ball. No, there was a lot of good, like. The, the score was depicted just because the, like, the score did not depict how the game went. The Broncos were a lot closer in this game. Like we said, it started off, ter- like, like, I knew we were losing this game after McManus missed the extra point. I was like, well, we're, we're, we can't even tie this game. This is already chalked. Like, this is already going to be bad. I enjoyed the hell out of myself just because it was a live game, but I knew after we missed the extra point, it was nothing but downhill. No, and it'll be interesting moving forward because Le'Veon looked pretty good in that offense. He, he didn't really play Le'Veon as much looked, as... Yeah. as like, Edward Hillary looked fantastic, yeah. too. I think Clyde has a good good shot at Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's been pretty incredible. It's weird that that's only a second rushing touchdown yeah. of the season. That's his first one since the opener. But he's he's a dog. All those L- all the LSU offensive guys have looked really good. Yeah. Justin Jefferson's probably the best rookie receiver. I'm gonna give I'm gonna throw a little shade at Jerry Judy because he had a false start penalty. Your receiver, you're looking at the ball. You're looking at the ball. Don't move. It should never happen as a receiver. Yeah. And so there's a lot to grow on. These next four weeks are the biggest weeks of the season for the Broncos. These we play Chargers next week, which is at home, which is a very winnable game in my opinion because the Chargers are a team known to lose games. Then you play the Falcons. They're a shit show. <laughs> They're a team that's known to lose games. Then we play the Raiders on the road. Oh, that's going to be a very tough game. And then we play Dolphins. These four weeks, we can easily get back to 2-2. Two and two. you yeah. got to take it one week at a time. But you can easily get back to 2-2. Two and two. you just got to beat the Chargers. The Falcons, we should be better than the Falcons. Let's just say that. If we you can't be beat the Falcons. Falcons, you don't And then you got to go to Oakland, play them, and then Dolphins. So this is easy, easily a week. Four weeks in a row where we could get back to 500 and build upon the rest of the year and show that we could compete for a wild card. We're not Super Bowl contenders. We showed that last week. But we're a playoff contender still. So I'm hoping, especially this week, starts starts off beating the, not San Diego, but Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Um, if we're able to beat them, I think that will give us momentum going into the next three weeks and then we can get back to 500 and then we just got to battle our way into the the last wild card spot because there is an extra wild card wild card spot this year, so yeah, might help us. And the Chargers are they are f- famous for losing games in, in and they Denver. barely beat Jacksonville. I know it, it was 39-29, but Jacksonville was up twenty nine to I think fourteen. It was at one point like it was they were winning that game. Well, now you gotta worry because like Philip Rivers will make mistakes to lose games. Justin Herbert doesn't look like because I was talking to, I was talking to my dad before uh, when we were going to the gym and. The char- I said the Chargers like to lose games in Denver, and Justin Herbert's never play- been in this situation, so he probably doesn't give a shit what the history is of the Chargers in Denver. So that, that'll be interesting, and he's continued to make me eat my words. He's he's pretty good. He's pretty he's damn good. good. He's been good. Pretty, he pretty damn good. good, so... I'm expecting Drew Locke to have a better game. Last week, he was under a lot of pressure. Um, the Chiefs are throwing everybody at him. And he he looked- doesn't play the Chiefs well. I think it's the yeah. hometown team yeah, thing with him. Yeah, something about that. So hopefully he's able to rebound. I still believe in Drew Locke. If we 
The, the only reason why the Broncos should draft a quarterback is if we lose the rest of our games and the Jets win two games and we get the number one pick. I don't think we draft a quarterback in the first round next year. There isn't another one that should be drafted outside of Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. And, uh, and there's that one guy from North Dakota State, but I can't remember his name. Either way, that's still that's still a tough one to pick on. But yeah. either way, you're not drafting a quarterback in the first round, so you hope Drew Locke is able to get his stuff together. But because you're not. The worst team in the NFL. You're not. You're no, not. The, the Jets still suck. You still you need suck. to um, you need to bolster the offensive line. Yeah. And the Especially the right right and tackle. You, yeah, right tackle. And uh, as surprised as I am to say this, you probably got to sign seventy two. Yeah, you do. It you sucks. Do. Do. He puts you in the worst situation possible because you didn't pick up his fifth year option as a first round pick. Uh, I think with good reason going into the season, I didn't think he was going to be any like I didn't think that he was going to earn his second contract in the NFL at all. But he has. I think he. If we don't sign him, somebody else will, and that's uh, it's he, bad for the. the he, has, he has played a lot better this year. I, I I'm gonna give a lot more respect um, and say his name at the end of the year because he has to play a full 16 game season. But I, I am gonna give him love because Drew Locke has been able to. He, his jersey was dirty though. I am I am. But that's not on on 72. The the middle and the right side still is not. Not where it should be. Yeah, um, so. so I'm not going to blame 72 for that because the blind, there hasn't been many blindside hits. They've all mostly been in Drew's face, um, and he was on the ground a lot. So I'm not going to blame 72 for that. Yeah, and the pressure that came when he got hurt against the Steelers was from uh, the right side too. Yeah. So uh, I'll I'll agree with you there. Uh, let's transition. We talked about your team. It was disappointing. You guys had some good things to yeah. to go on though. You had a lot. It's of the same. Things it's the same thing. Like. 37-34, the Browns end up winning on a, not a last-second touchdown, but pretty much they gave them 11 seconds to to get the ball back and see if they could throw up a prayer. Almost, They should have had it, A.J. Green. Uh, I can't. I, I don't want to. I know my, my grandma's going to listen to this, so I'm not going to say what I want to say. All I'm gonna, going to say. I'll say it for you. A.J. Green, you suck. Like you, The Bengals need to drop to wide receiver next year. If you don't want to be here, then leave. Mm-hmm. Demand a trade. I don't give a shit. Same with Carlos Dunlap. If you don't want to be here, if you don't want to be a part of the growing pains that comes with having to rebuild a franchise from the ground up, you have a quarterback now. It's proven. He has three, four, or five 300-yard passing games. He had 406 yards, three touchdowns this past game. He's one of the best fantasy football quarterbacks you can have right now. And it's he's he's a, he's, he's a dog. I, I love that he's the quarterback of the Bengals. And I, he didn't uh, – they had, they had three backup offensive linemen in yesterday – and he didn't get hit as much as he has been. So there is some improvement there, too. I think Mixon's a little bit banged up. Giovanni Bernard's been really good. I'm glad that he's still around. And T. Higgins, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow is going to be a pretty pretty deadly connection. Yeah, no. I, I'd be very excited if I was a Bengals fan. Oh, wow. It's weird, here. weird, weird saying that, isn't it? It's, it's, it's interesting. We'll, we'll see how everything goes. But uh, I think the, the good things are you were in the game, and, and I tweeted this earlier today. At FEOTB Pod, remember to follow that. Yep. I'm going to keep saying it. But I tweeted it earlier today. At least the Browns had to do something spectacular to yep. beat you. They didn't have to, they couldn't just sleepwalk through the game. Baker Mayfield started off terribly. Mm-hmm. He ended up coming back. There was two Heisman Trophy quarterbacks going going head to head. There was five lead changing touchdowns in the fourth quarter. This game, there, there was a lot of like the early games were all super super close, and, and you never knew who was going to win. Uh, even uh, like the Titans, this Titans Steelers game wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, but they ended up making it close. So like there was, there's a ton of great football over the weekend. I am disappointed that they lost. They should have been able to come back and win. 
thank you for the Titans. Um, Goskowski for missing the game-tying field goal so that CBS could flip over to the Bengal game and I could watch the end of that. But I'm not going to say that the, the Bengals, uh, they're definitely not the bottom of the, of the league anymore. I think they're probably, they're ahead of both New York teams at this point, uh, not record-wise. And, and I think they're kind of, because the Redskins, or the football team, <laughs> sorry, the team football formerly team, known yeah. as the Redskins, they, they look pretty good this, this past weekend too. So there's a lot of good things. Yeah, so that was, uh, we talked about both our teams. We had a little bit of, of a discussion about that. So, you, I mean, if you know us at all, you knew this wasn't going to go off without a hitch. So we changed the camera angle a little bit. Yeah, we had, ch- we had a little bit of minor adjustment. And Apparently you have to charge stuff. And sorry for the quick little ad read from Unhinged SN Network. Don't forget to follow us on everything on there. By, by the way, Unhinged runs 24 hours a day. So anytime that you want to listen to some sports content, there's great shows all across the network. And uh, we've been really happy working with them so far. But let's let's get into the pick'em because we basically actually uh, no, we're not we, doing the pick'em yeah, yet. Not pick'em yet. We had a lot of other sports besides football this weekend too. Uh, the, UFC, the big UFC, big UFC card. I was wow. I was uh, I was pretty upset with how that ended, but you know it, it, it went the way that it did. So. Before we move off from football, we gotta talk about most dominant team of the week as yeah. well. Uh, there was like we said, we talked about our two main teams. A lot of great games going on. Atlanta blew another lead, which was ridiculous. Los Angeles just beat the Bears, too. Absolutely murdered them, so maybe the Bears aren't for real. Um, San Francisco demolished New England. Uh, Arizona, Seattle had a real barn burner on Sunday Night Football, one of the best games of the year. Yeah, I think um, it, I think it's probably the best game of the year so far. Um, who do you, and, and Green, Green Bay finally came back together, and Dallas... Eh. Dallas still sucks. I'm sorry, but eh. so who who do you have the most dominant team of the week? There's a lot to pick from here. My most dominant team is 49ers. They went into Foxborough and put pick. a absolute That's ass kicking on the Patriots. Sorry, Jay Dash, but you you tweeted it. You miss football, so or you miss hockey. I miss hockey too, just because my Bengals can't figure their stuff out. But uh, 33-6, and that's I think probably the worst of. Bill Belichick's been beaten in Foxborough. Back-to-back Foxborough losses for the Patriots. I don't know when the last time was that happened. That was it was incredible. I didn't think that it was going to go that way. Uh, might be time to maybe look at Jared Stidham. Cam, Cam Newton's not playing very well for the second or for the second time in, in his career. Cam Newton's career was derailed by the Denver Broncos. That's true. Yeah. Derailed by the Denver Broncos. Everything went downhill after he faces the Denver Broncos. But my team, my most dominant team of the week, man. I, I, it's it's very tough to week because I was going to go San Francisco as well. Um, I thought at the beginning of the week it would have been Buffalo, but they barely beat the Jets. They yeah, that was, that was weird. that was weird. That was very weird game. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Packers. Um, it's it's a it's one of those games where Houston was game. Deshaun Watson threw for 309 yards. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers didn't have uh, Aaron Jones with him, so like it, he, he had. They were banged up. Devontae Adams went off. Devontae Adams went off. Um, I'm going to go with Packers there because Packers went into Houston and just dominated too. Um, Seattle and Arizona, what a great game that was, though, man. We'll, we'll talk about that more later on because I know one of Jimmy's plays of the week is that, but mm-hmm. what a game that was. Yeah, thank you, Isaiah Simmons, for making me look like the smart one. When I was doing uh, Center of Attention, uh, when this podcast was known as Center of Attention, I did a live draft recap, and I was – Absolutely shocked and stunned that the Panthers didn't pick Isaiah Simmons at six, and they went with the uh, uh, Derek Brown, the D tackle out of Auburn. And I got into so many fights with the well, I mean, because I, I, my my argument is you can't win you can't win Super Bowls with just dominant interior pass rush. That, that hasn't happened so far. And the, everybody brought up well, Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald. Those two guys haven't won Super Bowls. 
Isaiah Simmons is a guy you can win a Super Bowl with. He's all over the field, and if Arizona can find more ways to get him on the field, because I agree with one of the other podcasts that's on the network, High Low Sports, um, shout out to shout out to you guys. You guys get a free shout out because you're part of the network. But uh, they need to find a way to get him on the field. He's the best defensive player. He was the best defensive rookie in the draft. And if you watch him at Clemson, you know he can run with receivers. He can stuff the run like a linebacker. He he's a true hybrid. I don't think that you can classify him as a safety or a corner or a linebacker or an edge rusher. He's just everything. He's a defensive player. He was the best pure defender in the draft, but I don't know about overall just because Chase Young is an animal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the only argument I have there. But Isaiah Simmons is a stud. There's no doubt about that. Um, we'll, we'll talk about football more as yeah, we, we got, pick him. I mean, football is going to be here for a long time. So. Every week you're, you're, there's going to be football talk. Don't worry about that. Yeah, but now we get to talk about some UFC. We saw fantastic card, yeah, absolutely fantastic card. And, and we did we we tweeted about tweeted out uh, congratulations to Khabib because he did end up hanging up the gloves and retiring. Uh, he said he promised his mom after his dad died that he wasn't going to continue fu- continue fighting after he defended his title one time without him. And what a dominant performance! Like if you watch that ending sequence, you see Gaethje kick him like a low leg kick, and he landed it. And then all of a sudden, Khabib was on his back, and he was just... I I thought Gaethje would have the wrestling background to be able to deal with some of the pressure that Khabib had. I apologize. I'm very sorry. (laughs) Disrespect him. I did. I did. I disrespected him because I wanted the guy who who went to Northern Colorado to win. I think... uh, I love the way Gaethje fights. He's he's my my style of fighter because he's really just game for anything. He'll he'll put up, and and he did. He, He was a very class act when... Um, Khabib was on his knees and obviously very emotional for having won that fight after his dad died. And he did come over and congratulate him and, and stayed after for his Octagon interview, even though it's probably one of the most disappointing nights of his career. Uh, but the whole card, top to bottom, was a little bit strange. But that was, uh, I don't know, where do you put Khabib now in the rankings of greatest of all time? Because a lot of people go straight to John Jones. Uh, I tend to kind of agree with that because he did fight in a division where your night can get ended a little bit quicker than welterweight or if you wanted to go with uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson when he was on his huge run. You, you don't have as much margin of error when you're fighting at light heavyweight. But Khabib, 29-0, only lost one round in his entire MMA career in the UFC. And it, that, that transition to the mounted triangle choke, pulling him back over, I'm sure your dad, who, who's a big jiu-jitsu fan, was just loving every single bit of that. That was Absolutely incredible. Where do you put Khabib now in greatest fighter of all? Time? I think he's a one or two. It's it's very tough for me to pick against him, especially with him only losing a single round. Mm-hmm. Um, John Jones, man, John Jones is so much fun to watch. I think Khabib is um, sort of disrespected just because he's an he's a wrestler and his wrestling game is the best in the world. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to see him go against GSP just because I love GSP as a fighter. And George St. Pierre and Versa B would have been fantastic, but I can't disrespect I can't hate on him for or hanging up the gloves. It's it's weird to this year we lost Cejudo and now Habib in the UFC is, is looking to fill both positions. Um, it's gonna be tough. I think he's the greatest lightweight um, of all time. Mm-hmm. I think there's no question about that. Um, one thing that I did want to touch on that I think was very, very interesting was uh, was Daniel Cormier. I heard this from Habib, and Habib went on to text uh, Daniel Cormier and say that he did he earlier in the fight he was going to put him in an armbar. Um, he decided that he did not that his, the armbar was his dad's favorite move. He he believed no, the, that the triangle choke the, tri- the triangle choke was his dad's favorite move, and um, that he did not want to 
injure yeah. Gaethje, and he only wanted him to put him to sleep just because he Gaethje said in the week coming up he was not going to tap. He did not want to hurt um, Gaethje for a significant amount of time. He only wanted to put him out, mm-hmm. um, put him to sleep for 10 seconds and have him regain consciousness so that he can fight again. And I and I respect the hell out of that. He changed the move from the from the arm bar to the um, mounted triangle. Mounted triangle, which is one of the, which was crazy to someone say that no, in a fight too. In a fight. Yeah. And when you're if you're compete like com- if you're a competitive like grappler, you know how difficult that sequence was that he pulled off. Uh, that was a classy move by Khabib because Sometimes you gotta save guys from themselves. I I think Gaethje probably would have let his arm snap yeah, yeah. And, and everything like that, and it would have been a totally different story. That referee, uh, I, he should not be in that big of a moment anymore the, the because that was terrible. There was no Herb Dean. There was no Herzog. There wasn't. There wasn't like a lot of Gaethje tapped Khabib's head four times, yeah. and then uh, it's. I mean, yes, it's part of the game. People get choked out, but. Let that go a little bit longer. If you don't get oxygen to different parts of your brain, parts of your brain could die. Mm-hmm. And Gaethje's, he, I don't know if he was tapped, because sometimes when you're getting choked out, your body just takes over, and, mm-hmm. and it, might, it was probably just instinct. But that referee should be reprimanded. I don't think he should be refereeing the title fight anymore. And uh, that needs to be significantly looked at, because there was a few other fights that were, like the Philip Haas fight, he was able to land four or five yeah. very unnecessary shots. His 18-second knockout, and he, he had like three or four shots that were totally unnecessary. Uh, could have very very well ended Malcolm's career. Uh, so there is a lot. There's that, a lot of questionable referee. Yeah. That's just because I'm going to blame it on being in Abu Dhabi and, and it being not in the in the um, UFC apex just because UFC has a great set of officials mm-hmm. and they always can't travel. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them a little bit of slack there. Maybe they put some young guys or whatever maybe just to um, do that um, out there as yeah. I fucking hit my mic, God damn it. But as just just for the heck of it, um, put their referees out to get, to get experience. But... Habib had a great career, man. It's it's sad to see him go. This lightweight division now. We I I had a little bit of back and forth with JFO, um, who is also has a MMA podcast. So if you love listening to our MMA talk, be sure to go listen to him. There's an hour full of just MMA. An hour full of MMA talk on the on his network. We had a little bit of back and forth. Um, who do you think now? Challenges for that title because that division is still stacked from top to bottom. Yeah, that's that was an issue. I saw that going back and forth with him. Um, I don't know who gets the next shot at lightweight because um, Tony's still there. Tony hasn't been able to fight for the undisputed championship yet. I don't. I think Gaethje. You can on it. You get to give make the argument that Gaethje should get another shot to win the title. Uh, I don't know if he'd take it because he seems like the kind of guy that wouldn't want a title fight after he uh, put it. Let's just say what it is. He got dominated yeah. over, uh, dominated on Saturday. So I don't know if he'd want to take that. Poirier. Uh, JFO wants Dan, Dan Hooker. I think he's a big Dan Hooker fan. What I think the UFC should do, uh, none of the top five guys have a, a fight scheduled yet. Uh, Michael Chandler also muddies the water a little bit because he is a world-class fighter, and though he hasn't been in the UFC, everybody that knows of Michael Chandler knows that he's going to he's gonna make waves in this division. So I think he probably go... Maybe, maybe you run back... I don't think you run back Gaethje Ferguson. Maybe go Ferguson... And Michael Chandler, I think that might be a decent matchup for Michael Chandler's first fight in the UFC, and then you get Gaethje Poirier um, for the undisputed title because those are the last two guys that fought for it and, and yeah, lost to. Yeah, I still think there are still 
good chance that they have Connor versus Poirier. I think that's still in the works, maybe in January, who knows, but everything always usually plans out because Connor is still technically retired. Who knows, whatever it may be, but that could possibly still happen. I hope they don't make that the title fight, but I have a feeling they might just because Dana might want to hype that fight up a little bit more, but I don't think it should be. I think Gaethje should be locked in for the t- next title shot or be in at least the interim or the next title like like they did for um, uh Dominic Reyes, how he lost to John Jones, and then John Jones left. Dominic Reyes was put in the championship fight again, even though he lost. Yeah. I think you put Gaethje still in that title fight, and I yeah. think, I think you have either the win. I think you have the winner of Mike Chandler versus Ferguson face Gaethje, and then I think after that, the winner of the Poirier um, Conor McGregor fight that gets the next. Yeah. I, I think I, I think it it, it, it takes its steps. Um, I don't. I think Gaethje should get the undisputed um, chance to be. The champion still because he did go on a tear. Uh, he just got derailed by ran, one he ran great. into a buzzsaw. That's it, it happens. Yeah, uh, I would I would say Poirier Gaethje is is the most deserving because those are the last two guys mm-hmm. to fight for the championship. Poirier did just beat Dan Hooker also in June, so yeah. he he's come back and um, avenged his loss that he had against Nurmagomedov. So he he's not coming off of a loss anymore. So I think that makes a little bit of sense. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of fun matchups. Yeah, there, Todd's bomb. There's a lot. Lightweight, lightweight stacked. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about who surprised you the most because I'll I can I can think of a couple guys that surprised me, but who surprised you the most? For me, I think it was a light heavyweight. I I expected Robert or Robert or sorry not light heavyweight middleweight. Uh, middle I expected Robbie Whitaker to not have as strong as performance. I thought Cannonier was going to come out swinging mm-hmm. on all on all all cylinders, and he just did not have it at all. He did not have it at all. Robbie Whitaker dominated. I my dumbass betted Cam near to win, and I bet against nice guy Robbie, and that was yeah. a mistake. I think Robert Whitaker he should be the next to fight Adesanya again. Give him another shot, um, and then I think you have our Cannonier versus Costa um, to get a chance back at the title for both of those. But Robbie Whitaker surprised me a lot. I expected, I thought, I didn't expect Cannonier to win, but I thought it'd be a lot closer than what it was. Yeah, uh, Cannonier. They were talking about it. It's surprising. He was a heavyweight, then dropped down to light heavyweight, and now he's a middleweight. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. He looks great. Like he, yeah. he looks. He, he should have been a middleweight the entire time. Whitaker did make up some ground because I said in the last episode that I didn't like the way that he lost to Stylebender. He didn't deal with the quick in and out karate striking that Stylebender has. Uh, so it, it he very well could have moved himself up into a rematch for the title. That was I, that, that did surprise me as well. I thought Cannonier was going to win, uh, and it ended up going a completely different way. Unanimous decision, and it was not close, mm-hmm. especially in the second and third round. The first round was iffy. You kind of could have given it to either one, but the second and third round, Robert Whitaker absolutely dominated. And Cannonier, it was a good story. Like He did go on a pretty good run, and he'll probably be around the title picture for a while, but that was... Um, there's still another level that you have to step up. There's still yeah. a, a difference in class when you're going for a UFC t- uh, title. Mm-hmm. My biggest surprise was Philip Haas because I think that was his second fight in the UFC yeah. or maybe his UFC debut after being on looking for a f- contender, contender, contender series, series. Which comes back next week, by the way. So that, that was pretty good. Uh, but I will say that tied to Avassa knocking out Steph Estruve at 4.59 of the first round, uh, I like Tai Tuivasa. I, I listened to him on Brendan Schaub's podcast when he and uh, one of it, I can't remember the other guy that he was with, um, but that was that was pretty impressive. I didn't realize Stefan Struve was still fighting. Yeah, I no thought kidding. that he should have hung it up a while ago after he had his heart heart 
problems and uh, he doesn't fight Samoans or Australians well at all. Yeah. Because if you remember Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt has a great uh, walk-off KO against him and now Tuivasa. That was, if you watch that fight, it looked like uh, it, it looked like something out of the UFC video yeah. game because Stefan Shrove is 6'9", 6'10", six, six, maybe. 6'9", so like that. And Ty is like 5'10". Yeah. And so he's punching all the oh. way over his head, and he still had knockout power. So Ty Tuivasa, I think, moved he himself up. He won't be up. a lot of money, too, because I bet heavily on Tuivasa. I was like, why the hell is Stefan Struve in this still in the UFC? And I bet Tuivasa, and he, he got me some money, baby. I'm, I'm not going to say that Tuivasa is going to be able to compete for a championship because I don't see him. The heavyweight like, division is tough to Yeah, because the top in the heavyweight division right now is Miocic and Ganu, Curtis Blades, uh, and then Rosenstruck. Maybe he fights. No, there's somebody else who's going to fight Rosenstruck. But I think now you can maybe move him up. Maybe you give uh, the two heavyweights that won, Volkov and Tuivasa, maybe. That, I love that could be that. a fight night main event and, yeah. and kind of decide who's going to move up, take that next step into the top five. But that was overall, it was weird, it was weird because they had it. I, we did figure out why it was at noon mountain time. When, when I was watching, the, watching it, the main card started at noon. And that was because it was prime time in Russia, yeah. which ended up being very special because they all got to see their their champion retire, and that was that was cool for them. But it sucked because it was the middle of college football all day, and my Saturday night was I would have loved to watch these UFC fights, but it makes sense. All of Russia was behind Habib, and then um, there was a Volkov as well as Russian. Like there was there was a bunch of other guys on there. Yeah, that. they had Ankaleev in the first fight. He ended up dominating. I uh, I lost my cousin some money because I told him like, I think Ankaleev will win, but the best odds were him knocking him out in the third round, and he decided to come out and absolutely kill Kutaleba. Yeah. So that that was crazy knockout too, man. Yeah, there was Angola, those Russians could fight. And what I didn't realize, and I was glad that I watched the entire pay per view, is Khabib's dad is one of the one of the marquee MMA coaches in all of Russia, yeah. and most of these guys that have fought uh, from that were from that region have trained with his dad. So. Uh, that was that was a cool story. A cute, good little tri- uh, tribute to him as well. Yeah, he all of his, all of his fighters look really good. So that was it was a good good weekend to, for the UFC overall. Dana White is an asshole, and a, he they had a soundbite during the pay per views. Just just look at the events that I've been able to put on in a global pandemic. Like he needed to stroke himself any more than he already it's does. Pause on that, but yeah. I mean, well, I mean, not really because I'm sure <laughs> they they didn't have him on screen when he was saying it. So who knows what his hands were doing? But yeah, oh, he, he was. Um, he's a little bit a little bit tough to get by. Honestly, but he's he's the greatest prom- promoter in the world, right? Yeah, now. honestly, he can do whatever the hell he wants. He's he's made Saturdays. Every Saturday, basically, because even all the fight night cards have been incredible. Like now, Tuesday with Dana White contest, so he's coming back. Dana White is an animal, man. He he is one of the best promoters of all time. That was that was a huge uh, pay per view for the now you lead the pay per view into the contender series, and then you have Anderson Silva coming up this weekend. Play. Oh, that's 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 my laptop. Jesus, <laughs> wow, we are very we are professional. Falling apart. Yeah, uh, it's coming off at the rails. Uh, we are unhinged, by the way. Yeah, right. So, um, but now you have Uriah Hall and um, Anderson Silva fighting this weekend for a main event, and then you don't get another uh, UFC card for a while. But I think that we've oversat they've oversaturated it. Everybody's gotten to see it now in the pandemic when nothing else was going on. You can take a little bit of a break, give your fighters some time to rest. Because they had one guy on this card who had just fought in Abu Dhabi two weeks ago, 
or three weeks before he fought this past weekend. So he flew to Abu Dhabi for his first fight, had to stay there for a week with all the testing and stuff, flies home, and then he's like, hey, you want to come fight? It's catchweight, so you don't have to be 135, you can be 140. So he flew all the way back to Abu Dhabi, so I think they need a little bit of a break. He's no. fighters or something else, man. I, I, I love the UFC. I think it's overtaking boxing as the greatest uh, combat sport. Mm-hmm. Um, just And I'm not saying UFC. I'm saying MMA in general because MMA top to bottom is one of the best. And boxing is very top heavy. It's not very not a lot of great depth. But the UFC top to bottom is one of the best combat sports in all of sports. Sorry. No, it's combat sports in all sports. Boxing <laughs> dropped the ball during the pandemic because they could have been doing exactly what the exactly. UFC was doing. And they have a lot of good fight, like marquee fights coming up. They, Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua is going to be the biggest fight in British boxing history. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I don't even know when that's scheduled. Yeah, they even. haven't hyped that up. They haven't no, pushed that at all. It's bad. So that, that's, uh, the UFC's done done well. Dana White, I know you don't need any more praise more than you give yourself. I'll give you a little bit. You've done a pretty good job. In unprecedented times, nobody knew it was going to happen. I'll, I'll give you some credit there because it, it was pretty impressive what you did. Uh, now just elsewhere in the news of sports, or in the world of sports, in the news going on, OBJ out for the season, tore his ACL. Uh, add him to the list. Cover. Yeah, add him to the list. Hopefully he gets better soon. Um, a- AB is going to sign with Tampa Bay. Which who knows when he's going to field? Who knows when he's going to play? Because uh, I think there's still some litigation with the NFL going on with with him and his situation from the past. He gets to, he gets to play with Tom Brady, so I think that maybe will help his career. Hopefully, he'll be able to calm down a little bit. Yeah, this is. I mean, Vontez Burfict ruined that man's life. Yeah, no kidding. That ever since that dirt that, that was a dirty hit. I will I will admit it as a Bengals fan. And I hated it even more because it put him in field goal range and the Steelers beat us in the playoffs again. Uh, but A.B. signing with Tampa is interesting. He, if there is no other litigation and he doesn't have to serve some sort of suspension, the earliest he could play is week nine against the Saints. That would be his two-week COVID protocol testing and everything like that. And good news, Ron Rivera. Uh, be cancer. Be yeah. cancer. Well, or he's in remission. 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 Uh, got to ring the bell. He'd been dealing with uh, skin cancer. And hadn't missed a game. Hadn't missed a kid, game Absolute that he coached. Uh, yeah, huge Absolute football guy. Football that's guy. that's the grit and grind from the '85 yeah. Bears coming back. And, and I knew. I mean, it, it was he was he got luck, not lucky, but he had a very treatable form of cancer. But he did. He took the steps, and it's, he was able to avoid the virus with being around the players and traveling with the team. They got a win on Sunday, Watch and they got another win on Monday. Yeah, that was that was huge. Good. That was a good feel good story for. Ron Rivera. Um, the only other news I wanted to talk about, especially, is that the NBA did come out and say that they are going to shorten the season next year, which presents itself that the Olympics will have the NBA in it. Um, that probably was going to be a problem at, or at the originally thought just because the season, if you played all 82 games and the season would overlap to the Olympics, mm. um, Adam Silver is on top of things, knowing how big the Olympics are. So I want to give a quick shout-out to Adam Silver for being on top of things and making sure that players are... The NBA is going to be in the Olympics. So now, Gary Bettman, get your shit together so we can have the NHL back as well. Yeah, and uh, I think that was a smart choice too because you yeah. had all these guys playing. Yeah, I mean, the, the Nuggets, all the, the four teams that were left in the conference semifinals and oh, then the finals. Uh, so, like, they, they'd been playing basketball for all this time and then they'd have to go right into an 82-game season. I think even as well-conditioned as these athletes are, and, and they have to be, especially LeBron, playing 17 years and still being tough, the most athletic 
uh, most dominant athletic person that I've seen on a basketball court. It would have been tough if they would have had to go straight into an 82-game season. Both NHL and NBA. NBA has said that they wanted to do a Christmas start time, which I would love because I love Christmas Day basketball, but hopefully NHL and NBA are able to get things together because quick turnaround is also tough, but Mm -hmm. having a shortened season and making sure that players will be in the Olympics makes it even better, though. So, Gary Bettman, get your shit together, man, because you're you're right up there with uh, Rob Manfred. Actually, not yet because Rob Manfred is still an idiot. Rob Manfred's awful, but... Um, and then also another news, man. The World Series game, or is, it's three to two right now. They're talking about this, I believe. Game six is on Tuesday, the day before this podcast comes out. Game seven is Wednesday. So if it is, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, be sure to tune into that game seven. If it's or, happening, if it's happening, we'll talk about that more next week, especially since we have recorded this before. So mm-hmm. give us a little bit of slack there, but. One of the craziest World Series games in history, Game Game Four. Yeah, the Rays Saturday pull night. off one of the craziest plays and I've ever seen. Yeah, it was it was straight out of Moneyball. Um, it was similar to how the um, Nationals won the wild card last yeah, year with uh-huh. an outfield error and then a throwing error back into the infield. But having played baseball, knowing the kind of it was a it was a bang bang play and, and baseball is one of those sports where anything weird can happen on any single play and sometimes your glove just has yeah. a hole in it. I think that's what happened to the catcher. There's also I mean there somebody could have been backing him up and, and they would have been able Good to just show. get not not give up the game winning run and just tie the game and go into extra innings. Um, but Clayton Kershaw pitched very well last night. That's or Sunday night. That was still my final yeah. or World Series MVP pick. I think. If if Game Six um, goes the distance, I think you might see Kershaw throwing the ninth inning, especially yeah. the Dodgers are up, which I'd love to see because that will help his MVP case more and will mean some more money. But uh, if it goes to Game Seven, I would highly highly think that we are going to see Kershaw in eight through nine innings, seven through yeah. nine. And then that's what I was talking about when we first started talking about the World Series and starter reliever doesn't matter at this point. Who's going to give me the best chance yeah. to win this game? Clayton Kershaw showed the other night. I, I'm pulling up the box score now. He five and two thirds innings pitched, two in runs, which they only, they won four to two. They tried to give it away in the ninth inning. It was close there for a second, but he he had six strikeouts and only two walks, and that's not a bad stat line, especially for a guy who everybody and their mother loves to tell you how awful he is in the playoffs. It's a it's bad it's. It's difficult, really, because he's on the L.A. Dodgers, which behind, I think, the Yankees and Red Sox, probably one of the most hated teams in the MLB. Yep. Uh, but he is a, he's a good guy, and I talked about it, I can't remember when, but he every, every time that Matthew Stafford plays, they have to tell you that he and Clayton Kershaw were teammates in high school. Um, but I think those are the two nicest guys that have never been able to get over the hump. It would be kind of cool. I don't want L.A. to win a World Series because they're insufferable already. Yeah, they but just won a basketball championship now to get the World Series. They would end up being the Tampa Bay because then they could win. I don't think that the I don't think that the Rams have a chance to win the Super Bowl, but they'd win two out of four major sports championships. Yeah, and so. then Tampa Bay would have to rely on the Buccaneers. But either way, Tampa Bay or LA are getting another championship, which kind of sucks. But whatever. It's it's interesting. We we have a lot of droughts. Especially in Colorado with with championships, not yeah. football, but you had basketball, hockey. No, I mean baseball. with football too, because before twenty fifteen, it was like fourteen years. That's so true. That's true. It, it has. Hopefully, been, won't be another fourteen years for football. But I, talk, talk, tell me about it. <laughs> tell me about it, Nico. Yeah, you gotta deal with it. Thirty that. years. Thirty years. Bengals haven't won a playoff game. Nineteen ninety one. That's tough. That's a great segue. Let's get into our pick'em, man. It's like we said. Oh, real quick before we get into this week's pick'em. 
you you threw me under the bus pretty I quick last week, the and I then did. the Eagles came back I, and won by a oh, point. I, I picked the Giants to win, and then Daniel Jones just shit. He the just bag. tripped at the eleven yard line. That's all that happened. Oh my gosh, that was. I don't know how that happened. Honestly, he was he ran faster than Lamar Jackson. He probably went too fast, and his body's like what 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 what. what? Like what the hell are you doing? Oh my god! And I, I picked against your Bengals. I almost gave you some love. I almost got your team to win. Yeah. So I might have to do it again this week, but. Oh, man, I almost got your team a W. So that, would have been, that would have been nice. Um, so let's start Thursday night. We have the Falcons versus Carolina. This is this is a shit show of a game again, but I don't know. This is the, Matt Ryan, do you think um, do you think the Falcons are in tanky mode for Justin Fields and Matt Ryan gets traded, or do, do you think the Falcons are able to pull one out of their ass and get a win here, or what? If the Falcons were smart and they really need to um, think about rebuilding what they – what they had, they should be looking to shop Matt Ryan and Julio Jones probably because you have Calvin Ridley and you have some other weapons that you can you can draft in the ne- in the upcoming years. So I think that you could probably look at maybe moving on from Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, mm-hmm. and I think that would be the smarter option here. Uh, if it, is it going to happen? Who knows? Because they can't even not score a touchdown correctly. Uh, but I, I I don't know. This game is interesting because. The Panthers, they have to prove whether or not they're actually a wild card contender. They're one of those teams that I thought were going to be in the hunt. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater hasn't been, it hasn't been what I what he was last year, but he hasn't been bad. So they they have some things going for them. Maybe I think is McCaffrey coming back this week. Uh, he was or? supposed to come back last week, but he it was out. I think he probable this week, so I'm not sure. So if they get him back, that'll help out. And then Robbie. Anderson and um, DJ Moore. DJ Moore have been it's really nice. good. Absolutely so nice. I, I'd see the. I, I think I'm gonna go back to my pick them here. I picked the Panthers to to win this game. I, I'm gonna surprise people. I'm going with the Falcons. I think they've had some very tough. You want the Falcons games. to get a win before they play the Broncos? Yeah, so they can suck. So they can. So they can get some more. I guess they, they, they did just down. shit the bed after they won la- the one two weeks ago. <sighs> that was so. so bad. Don't let, lose it. again. Todd Gurley fucking can't. Can't fall on the one yard line. He has to get a touchdown. He first on my fantasy yeah. team, but anyway. well, good. Did you win this week? No, finally, I went over three. <laughs> it's just, it's just one shit show after another. Fantasy football every week just fucking sucks. Hey, the Saints are gonna move on from Michael Thomas, so maybe you should too. But I bet you nobody takes that trade anymore now okay. with the way this season's ended up. No kidding. Next game, Titans and ba- Titans and Bengals. I got some weird feelings about this one, especially now that knowing that the Titans cut the boy Will Compton. Uh, Broncos signed Will Compton, baby. Give me some more linebacker depth. I would probably see him signing with the Raiders before the Broncos That's because they, the yeah, they, they love him. And when he tweeted out that he did get cut today, the Raiders fans were pretty excited and wanted him to come back. I'm picking the Titans. I think this is a, as much as it pains me to say it, I think this is a get-right game for the Titans. Yep. But I think it's going to be more difficult than they think. This isn't a trap game because the Bengals are good enough that they can beat the Titans, especially if they play the same way they did last week. Somebody ought to tell the Titans that the game starts two hours before it actually does so that they show up on time. That was terrible. They did end up coming back and making it a game. Uh, but I don't I don't think that the Bengals have enough to beat the Titans yet. I think that it'll be close, but I'm picking the Titans in this one. Yeah, I'm picking the Titans too. Derrick Henry is an animal. Luckily, he's been the one bright spot in my fantasy football leagues, but... 
Like it's 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 tough to pick against the Titans back to back. We we both picked them to beat Pittsburgh, which was a little bit shocking. But I only did it because I can't pick. Pittsburgh. Only way only way the Bengals win this game is if Joe Burrow dro- passes for six hundred yards. I and think Joe Burrow's going to outplay t- Ryan Tannehill. But uh, he mean, doesn't have a running back to outplay Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think Mixon was hurt last week, and if he's able to play this week, he's still not as good. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a fucking animal. No, yeah, Derrick Henry is. He's a creative player in that. He is six foot four, ran a four four forty, and uh, threw Josh Norman out the club. He's his only blocker with his stiff arm. He's an animal. Next game we have, we have the Patriots going into Buffalo. This is a very interesting Buffalo. game. The Buffalo Bills. No one circles wagons wagon like the Buffalo Bills. Patriots coming off back to back losses at home. At home, ridiculous. Now they got to go into the frigid compound of Buffalo against Josh Allen. I mean. This is tough. I'm going Buffalo easily. Um, Patriots do not look good. I think we might see Stidham soon. Cam Newton, like we said, Broncos have broke that man twice now. Um, yeah. He has not looked like himself the first, like he was the first two weeks. Um, he has played a four-quarter season already in six games. Like he was terrible. The first, he was great in the first half, and just absolutely terrible in the second. And he has not been good the last few weeks. I'm going the Bills. Um, the Bills shocked me though, only beating the Jets by eight points the other day. Um, but I still think they were losing team. for most of that game too. Yeah, I, I mean, still I still think they're embarrassing the Patriots on the old Bills. Yeah, I'm picking the Bills too, but only because I think they're going to get some rollover get back. Because last week should have been a get right game. Yeah, and this could be another. Okay, well we didn't play as well there. Now we get the Patriots at home. It's the first time that they played the Patriots this season. If you really want to establish yourself as the number one team in the East. You kind of got to beat the Patriots because yeah. they've been that team for 20, 20 almost 21 years. Something ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah. since 2001. So it's it's crazy. Uh, but I do think that the Bills are going to beat them. So I, I picked the Bills in this one too. That's, that's going to be a great game, though. I think it could be game of the week. But another game that's going to be very interesting, the Raiders coming off of pummeling by the Bucks are going into Cleveland without OBJ now. Uh, this is a very – Tough game to pick on because both teams are coming off big losses. Or actually, sorry, Browns came off a win, but they came off a loss of losing OBJ. Now they have one less weapon, and mm-hmm. and the Raiders um, lost a big one. So who, who do you got in this one? This is this is this is tough. This is very tough. It's, this is a kind of a toss up. I'm picking the Browns um, because I think that the way that they won that game last week and the fact that Baker Mayfield missed his first five passes and then only missed like one or two after. Um, it's a, they picked up some pretty good momentum towards the end of that game. And, yeah, OBJ is out, but they got Donovan Peoples-Jones, who made the game-winning catch, over Darius Phillips, who's a veteran cornerback. It's, it's not like he did that over a rookie. Uh, their Higgins has been pretty good, too. And if they can get Chubb back, they're, they're, they're probably the best running team in, in the league, maybe behind the Titans. Yeah, Kareem Hunt has played very well for them. I'm going to give him a lot of He's credit. really kicked it into gear, huh? Oh, gosh, not with those puns. Yeah, I'm picking the Browns, too. I hate the Raiders with all my passion. The Raiders are my they're your team Steelers, that I yeah. hate. You're Steelers, so I'm going with the Browns. Um, Baker, like we said, one of the worst first quarters we've ever seen, 0 for 6 interception like just absolutely terrible first quarter but he got his shit together and was able to come back on top uh next game we have a detroit lions hosting the colts lions coming off that big win against in atlanta who do you have this one this is this is going to be a shit show of a game but it's, i think it's gonna be very close i think it's gonna be close too it was so weird the 
uh, when you watch that Todd Gurley touchdown, it's so weird to have the offensive guy like, no, no, I, I didn't score. I didn't score. The defense is like, hands. no, come on, give it to him so that our offense can get back. I know we suck, but our offense can score and win this one. I'm going with the Lions. Um, yeah. We're picking them this week, huh? I'm picking Lions too. Um, yeah, I think the Lions are going to be able to beat the Colts, especially at home. And now, like, I think they're playing for Matt Patricia to keep his job. Hey, the Lions are three and three. Yeah. If they win this game, four and three. Look out, they're they're wild card contention, and the, and the Colts still have the worst quarterback or one of the worst statistic quarterbacks in NFL history behind them. You Phillip mother Rivers, freaker! Philip Rivers probably going to throw another five interceptions this week to uh, Darius Slay. Not a Darius Slay, sorry, Jeff Okuda. Yeah. Darius Slay is in Philadelphia now. Jeff, Jeff Okuda. Okuda. Uh, so I'll pick the Lions too, man. I, I, I'd love to see Matt Stafford do well because he's one of the, one of those guys where it never gets love. Um, he is one of the most um, stable quarterbacks. He doesn't really get hurt that often. No, and he's, he's really tough because he's – one, he came back into the game one time when he had a separated shoulder and came back at one. Tough guy, man. I so, hope he does well. I'm picking Lions there. The Colts are coming off a of bye week, so that might be a little bit of an X factor. Yeah. They they are favored by three points on the road. So that, that might be something you need to take. Yeah. You, sure. you should probably take I, – I mean, I'd take the Lions to cover that. But yeah. I, I don't think – I think the Lions are built to win like one to two-point games. I don't think that they're built to blow anybody out. And I think that they're honestly decent enough that they can't – they can get blown out, but it's going to take it's it's taking teams that are established and teams that know what they're doing to blow them out. And for the longest time, they blew games, and then now they, I mean, Atlanta is known for blowing games, so now they have the back monkey off their shoulder. Yeah. So that they get to move on from that. Next game we have. Oh man, this is going to be a good one in the tundra, Green Bay, Minnesota. We have an old school Minnesota Vikings versus Green Bay Packers matchup. Going to be a fun rivalry game. Who do you got in this one? I, I'll uh, let you go first because I've gone first most of the I'll go Packers. I'll go Packers. Uh, Packers dominated last week. I think it's very easy to pick the Packers here. Um, Aaron Rodgers showed why he's a bad man. He's a bad man, and he's going to show it again, especially at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's tough, man. I, Minnesota, I don't believe in, in Kirk Cousins. I don't. No, I don't believe in Kirk Cousins either. I I still don't think that the Packers they, – they did prove me – I said – Go out and show me that you're one of the best teams in the league. I don't think that they showed me that they're one of the best teams in the league, but they did win mm-hmm. against the quarterback who was playing out of his mind. So I'll give them that. Um, I th- I picked the Packers too, just because they Aaron Rodgers has some weapons around him now. If they can get Aaron Jones back, that would be huge. But Devontae Adams having 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns, if you can get that just like half of that production every single yeah. week, you're you're an All Pro receiver, first team All Pro receiver. So I. It's tough to pick against the Packers when they're going up against a team in their division who I don't think is even on the same level. The Vikings, they got to figure something out. Uh, honestly, maybe they're in the tank for Trevor sweepstakes too. Or tank for Justin Fields. It's one of the two. They, they, I think they need to get a new quarterback. You wasted a ton of money by bringing in Kirk Cousins for $80 million guaranteed. And you, it, the fact that even the Washington football team wouldn't commit to Kirk Cousins should have been a red flag to you, but you, yeah. you didn't listen. And you did it anyway. All that money, and what, what does that show for? Third, third you like that? Division. You like uh, that? Next game, let's not waste our time here. Chiefs are going to win by fifty over the Jets. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty simple. I'm it's a nineteen and a half point spread. It's it, I'm, I'm taking that. It's not even going to be close. Over um, under forty eight. Do you think the Chiefs hit that in the first half or the second? I'll give, I'll, I'll give the Jets a little bit of credit. I'll say they'll hit in the second okay. half. Yeah. 
Uh, bang the over. Bang the over. I'm taking the I'll e- easily both of us taking the Chiefs. Next one we have the Rams going into Miami. First start for Tua Tonga by Loa. Yep. Gonna be fun. I'm definitely gonna watch that game just because I love watching Tua play football. Man. If it's on. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shock some people. I'm going Dolphins. Uh, I think Tua gets his first win. The Rams dominated today, though, against the uh, Bears, but the Bears are, are, are the imposter, quote-unquote, the imposter yeah, in the room. So I'm, I'm going Dolphins with the upset because I want to see Tua do well. And although I love Fitzpatrick, Tua's a man, man. He's a bad man, too. Yeah, that was, that was such a strange situation. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's probably the only quarterback who would take that. Yeah, it, even and goes, even yeah. he did come come back and say that it did hurt him. It did break his heart that he he had done like he played out of his mind. He definitely earned himself like two or three more contracts as a backup or a mentor role. Uh, maybe he gets picked up by Minnesota to mentor whoever they draft a quarterback next year. I'm picking the Rams, uh, but I do think this is a game where I'm picking the Rams. But I could definitely see the Dolphins especially since nobody has really any film on Tua in the yeah. NFL. That's always – when the new quarterback comes in, they always have the best chance to be really good when nobody knows what they're going to play like. You don't have any tendencies. You don't have anything like that. Hopefully he stays healthy. That's a tough tough game coming in to a guy who's had a lot of injuries. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald and, uh, I mean, they have a ton of other pass rushers that, that can get after him a little bit. And their offensive line – they're going to need to bolster great. their offensive line. I'm picking the Rams in that one. That's a pretty easy one. Next one, we have game of the week. Easily game of the week. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers going into Baltimore. Baltimore coming off a of bye week. Um, when I was looking at this, the Ravens are favored, which I think was very, very interesting because they they um, Steelers are undefeated. Mm-hmm. Only undefeated team. Only undefeated team left. They've been playing really well. Big Ben has been playing like Big Ben, and you can see why they missed him so badly last year. He's been playing unbelievable. I refuse to give Ben Roethlisberger any credit. <laughs> that's, that's Rotten fair. Booger does not get any credit for me. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know who I'm picking. You know that I can't pick that team from Pittsburgh. Um, but they, I, I'll give them credit. As a team, they're pretty pretty good. Uh, I hope that the Ravens are still the best team in the division because I can't handle Steelers fans being able. I'm talking directly at you, Rev. I, I know that we're buddies. I can't. I, I hope that the Ravens win, and I hope that they win by a lot. I'm a I'm a diehard Ravens fan this weekend. I'll pick the Ravens. I'll pick the Steelers, man. I think they could they, they showed me a lot last week. Tennessee is a game team and they put it on them the first half. Yes, they choked a little bit. They lost Evan Bush. Lost Evan Bush was gonna hurt them, but Juju Smith and Chase Claypool, who I think is offensive rookie of the year right now, man, they have a lot of weapons. The Big Ben's having a lot of fun with all those young guys. So I'm gonna pick the Steelers. I think that's 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 gonna you're gonna hear about that a little bit later with Beats the League for me, but that's that's gonna be a fantastic game. That's that's eleven o'clock the, the premier eleven o'clock slot game. If you can watch that, be sure to tune tune in there. Yeah. Now we have my Denver Broncos baby against the LA Chargers. Uh, Melvin Gordon facing his old team. Chris Harris facing his old team. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to be a fun one at Mile High. Hopefully it isn't as cold as the last one. Maybe I'll get to go again this week. Um, but I, I, I'm sticking with my Broncos. I'm going to pick them again because I still think we can get back to 500. Mm-hmm. Like I said, these next four weeks are going to be huge, and it starts this week, and the Chargers still are the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers are the Chargers. I'm picking the Broncos too. Uh, I can't give them all that credit that I did when we talked about their game yeah, la- the yeah. game last week and not pick them. Yeah. Uh, but I do see some, like I said, Justin Herbert not having any of the history in his mind, not really think, looking like he cares about any of the history. He got his first win last week. Maybe that gives him a little bit of momentum. So I'm wary, 
But I'm going to pick the Broncos because the Chargers like to lose games in Denver. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll go with Just, my hometown yeah. team. And Justin Herbert playing a mile high for the first time yeah. could be cold. Um, if the Broncos defense plays as good as it did last week, I think we're, we we see the Broncos get back on track. Uh, next game we have the Saints going into Chicago. Chicago uh, got, Bears. The Bears got demolished today against the Rams. Uh, this is this is going to be an interesting game because I could see the Bears winning this game. I don't know why, but I, I feel like this is a game the Bears could pull out of their asses. I mean, that, this is why you and I are – we basically think pretty much the same because I, I feel the same way. I don't – everything that's going on with the Saints, with Michael Thomas and having to get rid of him and trying to figure all that out, I'm still on the side of Drew Brees is way past his prime. He's basically – I think he's worse than Peyton was in 2015 right now. Um, just he, he hasn't looked right all season. I'm picking the Bears in this one because the Bears are what a lot of people thought the Broncos were going to be, mm-hmm. an outrageous defense with a mediocre to subpar offense. Mm-hmm. And it hurt them tonight because L.A. knows how to score. Sean McVay is one of the best offensive minds cool. in football. So I, I'm picking the Bears in this one. Uh, it's, it's a tough one. It's, oh, it can man, go either I, way. I, I, I wanted to pick the Saints because I, I like Drew Brees. He's a great guy. I have nothing a, against him. He's had a great career. Nothing against him, but I think I'm going to go the Bears, too. I just at home in the Soldier Field in Chicago, man. He's probably going to be cold. It's hard. I'm going against. I'm going to Bears, baby. Saints don't play well outside the dome. So, um, and now going to, I think, in my opinion, the best division in football, uh, the San Francisco 49ers going into Seattle on Sunday night. Um, I believe Sunday night. Uh, no, not Sunday night not game. Sunday night. The Eagles should have been a Sunday night game, but um, it's one of the best, uh, two of the best teams. San Francisco coming off a big win, mm-hmm. and Seattle um, getting upset in in Arizona. Who do you have here? Uh, I picked the 49ers. Um, I think I was I expected the Cardinals to I, I thought that they had a chance to beat them last week or when I when we were on the podcast last week and it ended up being pretty much what I thought it was going to be. The Seahawks have lived and died by the one possession game for too long and if you do that when you're when you're let's be honest, the Seahawks have the talent and they are good yeah. enough, they should be blowing out a lot of the teams that they've only beaten by a few points. So I think that was a little bit of a wake-up call, but I do think that the 49ers are going to be able to take one from the Seahawks, and I think this is going to be that one. See, I th- I, I, we both picked Cardinals last week. We both thought it was a hiccup game. We both were spot on, mm-hmm. and I mean spot on. Um, I think the Seahawks have so much talent, man. DK Metcalf, Metcalf the fastest man in the NFL. That was incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Literally this is the ran, most athletic thing that I've ever seen. Ran 90 yards. Yeah. To catch Buda Baker, man, like, and he uh, caught him before, like he caught him outside of the ten yard line. That's crazy. So he made up the ten yard head start that Buda Baker had. D- Buda Baker's not slow. Yeah, Buda Baker is not slow. DK Metcalf is this generation's Calvin Johnson. Yeah. I think it, it's he's young in his career, but he's a stud. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the Seahawks just because. Uh, like I said, last week was a hiccup. I think Seattle gets back on track. 49ers dominated the Patriots. I think that was more of a. Um, Patriots knock on Patriots. Yeah. Not Patriots didn't look good. I think San Francisco still is too banged up, and I think Seattle still has the talent to beat them. Yeah. And now the Sunday night game that just oh, shit well, show. Before you. we start talking about the shit show, I wanted to give a shout out to the Cardinals. Uh, I have a buddy Garrett who lives out in Arizona, and he's a big Cardinals fan. And the fact that Kyler that was a huge win for Kyler Murray in his career yeah. because they trailed the entire game, didn't take the lead until they won the game 
uh, with that kick in overtime. So shout out to the Cardinals. And Zank Gonzalez was able to. He uh, did redeem himself redeem because himself. that was that was going to be bad. Uh, and then and we'll talk. Like, we talked about Isaiah Simmons. He'll come up so, again. Stunning. That was a huge, huge play. One of the defining plays of his uh, of his rookie season. Yeah. So now we get to talk about the NFC least. So who do you think is the Dallas starting quarterback? I have no Denucci. idea. Who? Danucci is the backup who oh, came in and played against Washington. Oh, By the way, man. whoever that I can't remember the name of the guy for the Redskins, he should have been suspended for the rest of the year on that. Oh, that was ridiculous! And then I also saw something like none of the Cowboys came in defending. Oh no, that's uh, Zach Martin was was injured. He didn't play last week, but I guarantee you he would have been in that. Power. Oh, I would have. No one on Dallas came went and defended him after no. that shit shit he. Like hit on him, like I get that he's oh. not your starting quarterback, but that that's not something that's not something that happens. Every ever. ever since you start playing football, if somebody takes a cheap shot at one of your guys, you have to be able to jump in and and help out, and, and that's it, it's it's a culture thing. That's a culture thought. thing. It's terrible. Zeke should have been on top of that guy. Every that guy shouldn't have been able to walk off the field, and he should have been suspended for the rest of the year because that was one of the most egregious. It's on par with that Flacco hit when he got knocked unconscious yeah. too. Andy Dalton has a family. Like all these guys have people who depend on them. And well, if you're gonna headhunt, if you're gonna headhunt and you're gonna do that bullshit that that guy did, that is absolutely uncalled for. You should not be allowed to play for the rest of the season. And you know what? Maybe not even next season because I know you're not making the playoffs. This should be a 16 game suspension. You should be out for the rest of this season and half of next season. That was uncalled for. You. Ridiculous. I'm stopping just short of saying you should be kicked out because everybody deserves a second chance. You're not Vontez perfect. You haven't done this a lot, but you should not be able to play for a year and a half and give up all your game checks. Go find a, a second job while you're serving the suspension because what you did was absolutely it's bad. uncalled for. It's, it, it should not be in the game. Like we said, there's it's it's been it's been a story of this year how some of these hits players are just playing are with their spirits and they're they're just. Headhunting, it feels like almost. There's been a lot of terrible injuries and and killing after a quarterback back quarterback's head. Terrible, man. Terrible. I I am gonna this this Eagles team. I picked against them because I thought the Giants were gonna pull them off. Pulled off. I'm gonna pick the Cowboys. The Cowboys are gonna. I hate I hate doing this, man, but. Zeke, they're going to run the ball 80 times. <laughs> Zeke is going to fucking run the ball. And the Eagles aren't going to be able to stop him. Like, you don't think Malik Jackson's going to be able to stop him? The guy who scored the first touchdown in your last Super Bowl victory, you are not. You don't think he's going to be able to stop no, him? No, you're not going to be able to stop Zeke. They're going to hand the ball off so many times. And maybe they get C.D. Lamb some production, but Eagles aren't. aren't Coming from Danucci, that this, might be This division tough. sucks. God, this is this awful. Is so bad. One of these teams. I just can't think, believe I just picked the Cowboys after they lost, but and they only put up three points. God. Just remember that one of these teams are going to host a playoff game. Ugh. One of them is going to host a playoff game. Who do you game. have? Who do you have this I'm one? picking the Eagles. Uh, it's difficult picking the Eagles because I think Doug Peterson has lost whatever he had in the Super Bowl. He's one of the worst. He's, he's easily coached himself out of a few wins. And he coached himself into a tie with the Bengals. This is the only reason why the Eagles are still technically top of the division. <laughs> but I, I picked the Eagles in this one, so ridiculous. That was that's the Sunday night game. I stayed. I like. I I stayed away from football, so I wasn't burnt out this past weekend for the Sunday night game. This one, I don't even care who wins. This is just watch all the rest of the games, and then go go have some dinner with your family and, and yeah. play some board games because you do not want to watch the Sunday night game. Record Saturday Night Live and watch it when the Sunday night game. Is playing. Is playing. This is exactly. Awesome. And then Monday night, we have one team who just 
came off a huge win in Vegas. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe we'll get CAB, maybe we won't. Tampa Bay. Going into um, the New York Football Giants, this is, I think this is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I'm going Bucks as well. Um, there's no upset happening. No upset weekend. happening. Daniel Jones, I, I've heard, I saw a lot of people say that he's bust. I, I think... I think you got to give him a little bit of time. Yeah, um, especially in that situation. Because this is his second coach in two years. So. It, you got to give him a little bit of respect, give him a little, little bit of love. Without Saquon, they're, they're, their offense is very stagnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm going Bucks here, and I think you probably doing the same thing, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going Bucks only because they are starting to be – everybody missed out on their chance to really dominate Tampa, and now they start to see seem to start gelling a little bit. Gronk had a touchdown from Brady. Brady played out of his mind, 369 yards passing. I think that's his season high. He might have had one one game where he out outdid that. But uh, Brady, Brady and Gronk are finding themselves again. Godwin is kind of getting on the same page with everybody else. Rojo is is a pretty good running back. Ronald, Ronald Jones. Jones, and they have they still have Fournette as a backup. So. Tampa's scary, and their de- we didn't even talk about their defense. Their defense is what's won them a few games. Uh, Antoine Winfield, Levante David, Devin White. Uh, I still think that the – I think he's hurt, but they have a Dominican Sue. I still think the Broncos should have drafted Devin White over uh, trading back in that year's draft. But it, it, they, their defense is stacked. Bruce Arians, other than that Cardinals team who made it to the uh, – I don't think they made it to the – they made it to the NFC the Championship and lost to – the Panthers, that was the year that the Broncos made it too. Yep. But I think this is his best shot to get a Super Bowl as a head coach since that year. Yeah, Bucks are on tear, man. That, that division also is, is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the Bucks, I think, probably going to run away with that division. But, yeah, Bucks on that one. But that's our picks of the week, man. We're going to we're gonna do this weekly. Um, like we've been saying, next week, not we'll talk about more next week, but next week we will be starting doing NFL Unhinged on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. So if you live in Denver area, um, you'll have to get up early. You'll have to get up early, or you can just listen to us record, um, whatever it may be. But we'll have a bunch of the other guys on the Unhinged Network, and we'll be discussing the games. I'll be waking up earlier than I'll mo- – that I would like to on Sundays, but it'll be worth it because talking football on Sunday morning is always so much fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And uh, some of the guys, like, there's already some contentious personalities. I, Jim, Jim the J-Dash from the J-Dash Morning Show, uh, we, we are on good terms. But he and I do go back and forth quite a bit. Yeah, he's a big SEC guy. I'm a big Big Ten guy. I hate Boston sports with all of my passion. And he's from Boston. He lives in Jacksonville, but he's from Boston. So that'll be fun. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And then also Gridiron Gallery. Zach is very, very knowledgeable about football. Which is Spring League coming yeah. to the heel. If you want to watch some extra football, Spring League action as well, watch that. Get some great insight from Zach, man, because he he's been covering that nonstop, man. It, he's, he's got that top to bottom. Yeah, so keep, be on the lookout for that. And now, as we're coming up on the end of another episode we're almost 12 deep Jeez, in this, uh, in this pause, pause that pa- pause there pause 12, 12 deep you did not yeah. need to... <laughs> i didn't do that on purpose that one was that one was just by by happenstance uh but yeah we're we're almost finished with episode 12 let's get into our ending segments because i don't know if people listen to our beats of the week but they should be they should man we're gonna say every single week man we've been killing our beats of the week mm-hmm. so uh, you lost your gaichi bet but i also lost my habib bet because i thought i was gonna go the distance but i should i did because i bet against my bet that i picked on beat of the week because i picked 
my I picked Habib to win in under the distance on mm-hmm. my on BetMGM by the way. Shout out BetMGM or FanDuel. Shout out FanDuel because I Whatever. I was betting on FanDuel. Whatever it may be, but that's 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 what I usually bet on. I picked him to win under the distance, so or under the distance, so I won money there. Um, but there's so many great things to fight. Let let's start. We both have UFC picks this weekend. Yep. Uh, let's start there. I have so the main event we have Anderson Silva, one of the greats, um, facing Uriah Hall. Anderson Silva is a plus one fifty five underdog. I know Anderson Silva is old and he should be retired. He hasn't looked the same since he broke his leg. Hasn't looked the same. I think he's only one fight, one one fight since he broke his leg. I think maybe this is his last fight, so I'm gonna give him the 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 go and tell him that he's gonna win his last fight. Have two retirements back to back weeks. Wow, that would be interesting. That'd be interesting. So Anderson Silva's gonna win his last ever fight in the UFC. He's a plus one fifty five underdog, so I'm picking him. I'm picking Maurice Green to beat Greg Hardy. That's plus 250, so it's good odds. And honestly, if you know the story of Greg Hardy, everybody should want him to get his teeth kicked in for what he did while he was an NFL offensive lineman. Or defensive lineman. Defensive lineman for the Cowboys. Uh, And Panthers, yep. Yeah. Multiple times got suspended for domestic violence, arrested, and he just hasn't. He's still, he doesn't regret anything that he did. He may say that he does, but you you can tell that he's, he's just... He's a very arrogant person, and I would really like to see his see him get knocked. Down. And his first ever UFC fight, he needed grounded opponent. Yeah, one he got DQ'd legal, in his first one of the most UFC fight. moves in UFC. Like it's, I hope he, I'm gonna definitely bat Maurice Green as well. Greg Hardy's a scary looking motherfucker, but I'm still picking Maurice. Green. He's one of the most athletic heavyweights in the division, but he's he's a shitty fighter. If you watch him fight, he's awful. He just wins because he's more athletic than people. Maybe you need to feed him a better better matchup like Ngannou, just so he can get his teeth knocked in. I would like to see that. I don't want him to have the chance if by the off chance that he ends up winning a champ. I don't want him being a champion in the UFC, but I would love to see him get his ass kicked. Yeah, that's fair. For my next beat of the week, I'm sticking with football. Um, Auburn is a plus 125 to beat LSU. LSU is not what the team they were last year. I would take um, that. I, I think Auburn is, is could surprise some people, although they're not a um, top 25 team. Uh, they're still always around, stick around in oh, big Nicks games. Oh, is, is a pretty good quarterback. Oh, Nix is, is a stud, so I'm going to pick Auburn to beat LSU plus 125. It's very surprising. LSU is... They've not had a good year. They lost so many pieces on the offense last year, and they're not the same team. So plus 125, I'm very surprised they're underdogs. You want my huge odds, or do you want my regular ones next? G- give me the regular ones. We'll finish the huge okay. odds. So my, I also have college football. Kansas State, like I mentioned earlier, they're plus 116 to beat West Virginia. Uh, Big 12 football is up for grabs. Big 12 football, t- nobody knows who's going to win. Everybody knows there's going to be a lot of points scored. And since Kansas State has beaten Oklahoma already this season, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility they beat Kansas or West Virginia. Plus one sixteen, you can win a little bit, a little bit of cash there. That's pretty good. Well, my last one, man, it's it's going against you. I said this earlier. Steelers to beat the Ravens plus one fifty five. I don't think I think the def- the Steelers defense could um, might be able to stop. Lamar down, slow Lamar down. T.J. Watt will be able to hold the edge a lot better than what they've seen, so I yeah. think they might be able to keep him in check. I think plus 155 is a little um, disrespectful, especially since the Steelers are undefeated. This should be a minus 110 all around. Yeah, game. It should be there shouldn't be a favorite. Yeah, there um, shouldn't so be a favorite. I think favorite. I'm thinking Steelers plus 155 to beat the Ravens in Baltimore. That, that, yeah, Mika Fitzpatrick is probably going to make yeah. life hell for Lamar Jackson, yeah. so that's not a terrible thing. Uh, my last one, this is my crazy one. Georgia Tech is plus 710 to beat Notre Dame. Oh, and upset. Georgia Tech? 
But after what they did against Clemson, that was Clemson. This uh, is Notre Dame. That's fair. I think Georgia Tech, honestly, they've been held back by the offense that they ran because they've up until two years ago they ran the triple option. Their quarterback is a playmaker, and if you want to talk about a trap game, this is this is the other part of why I picked this game because I was looking at the schedule earlier. Uh, one second. I'm gonna pull. It. I'm gonna. I'm gonna this is a very ballsy move, Jim. Plus Ge- seven ten. With the way Georgia Tech played against Clemson, I think it's very hard to pick them against Notre Dame. It's it, they I mean, Georgia Tech did bounce back. They won last week, but if you look at Notre Dame's schedule, who do they play right after Georgia Tech? Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, what does that mean? Good. This game is. Good it's good. a trap, trap game. game. Trap game. A plus seven ten on a trap game. Why not? Yeah, you don't have to put down any money, and you can win quite a bit back. Plus seven ten is huge odds for what I think is a underrated team going up against one of the most overhyped teams of all time. Yeah. Before we move on to the rest of our segments, I gotta touch on this because this is just an outrageous stat. Like we said earlier, we didn't even want to talk about it because this game is gonna be a blowout. But the Chiefs are a minus twenty five hundred favorite to beat the Jets. One of the biggest odds I've ever seen, like biggest favorites I've ever seen in yeah. NFL history. Jets are plus twelve hundred. I swear to God, please don't bet this. Please do not bet the Jets. This is not going to happen. The Jets Stay are away so bad. Game. The Chiefs dominated the Broncos and didn't even have to put up offensive points. And the Jets barely lost the Broncos. They're not. This is. It's going to be a terrible game. Minus twenty five hundred is a bad line. That means you have honestly, to put down twenty five hundred dollars just to break even. Honestly, I might fucking do that just because I might bet all my fucking uh, uh, bet MGM account just on the Chiefs to win, so I can win a little bit more money. It would be something. Don't do that because then you'll jinx yourself and, and it'll be a random random game where the Jets end up. They, yeah, if I bet, two, I have 200 right now dollars in my bet MGM account, which I started with 40 so I'm on positive. But if I bet $200, I win $8. Yeah, it's, yeah that's, that's, that's not, not not good enough return. All right, let's 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 move on. Player, you want to do player of the week or player of the week? Let's do player of the week because there are so many great ones this week. Yeah. Um, I was I was on the verge of a, of a couple. I wanted to go with the, the DK Metcalf run. I think that was one of the most athletic plays I've ever seen. It's, yeah. Um, one crazy. One of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um, That's for th- sure. That was, that was unbelievable, but I'm going to go different here. I'm going to go the Michael Penix, Michael Penix Jr., the second best MPJ in the country. Yes, shout out Michael Porter Jr. You're still my fave, baby. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. stretched to beat Penn State. The balls. To go for two after after it wasn't one of the overtimes where you're forced to go for two. Exactly, it wasn't one. It was one of those earlier ones, and he father stretched my hand like just. I don't know. I don't know if he got. I don't know how he did it because his when he hits the pylon with the ball, his the rest of his body is in the air. I don't know how it. It's like he levitated so that he could touch the pylon with the ball. I don't know if it was inbounds or out of bounds, depending on who you root for. Jeremy, I know what you think. Depending on who you root for. It could go either way, but I that was it was crazy. And it was a huge upset too. Um, jumping from the five yard line, reaching that far, just because I'm picking that just because it was a huge upset. Yeah. Penn State was projected to be top of the Big Ten, and they lose to Indiana like that. And the balls on Tom Allen to to call that, I gotta love it. It was, it was gotta love. That was it. that was good. That was, that that one is good enough. I mean, well, the, the DK one could have probably competed with yeah, one too. Isaiah great. Simmons, if you play. Madden competitively, if you play Madden online, you know about lurking. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Simmons lurked in real life last night. Mm-hmm. And he he did that on Russell Wilson, who I think before that game had only thrown two interceptions previous. One was in his rookie season, 
and the other, everybody knows, Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, but he he tripped a savvy veteran like Russell Wilson, who he he doesn't get tricked often, mm-hmm. and he's a rookie. This is the biggest play of his career so far. Ended up setting up the Cardinals to win in overtime. Uh, first career interception for him, and then returned it a little bit farther so that they can get a better shot at a at a revenge field goal for their kicker. The, my 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 pick for player of the week is Isaiah Simmons. That, that was a fantastic pick. I mean, if you play Madden, mm-hmm. you'll know that play reminds you very much of um, a lot of different things. The like the one of the, one of the things that reminds me of is like when you press A too many times in Madden because Russell Wilson threw that ball right away. Yeah. To to nobody. It, it was a, like. there was a lag when he was trying to snap and then all yep. of a sudden he was throwing it. Yeah. Uh, it was. I can't believe he threw it. Uh, I'm glad that he did. Like I said, shout out to the Cardinals. That was that was a huge. It's one of the best games that I've watched. It's on par with um, the Chiefs Rams from Monday night a few years ago. It's. I think it's the best game of the year so far. I know there's been a lot of other ones that have that have been pretty good, but that was huge. Um, so Isaiah Simmons with his first career interception is my pick. All right. Now we're coming up on the very end of the show. Last segment, player player of the week. You want me to start? You want to go? First? I'll let you start because I started with player of the week. So I'm going Joe Burrow, 35-47. My quarterback. I, that's my quarterback. To <laughs> that's my quarterback. Oh, that ain't fair. Dude was a stud this past week. I'll give him love, man. He had an incredible style line. 35-47, 406 yards, three passing touchdowns, six carries, 34 yards, and another rushing touchdown. Don't tell me he's not a mobile quarterback because that's his second rushing touchdown. He's a bad man, too. He's going to be a bad guy, bad bad man. If they can get some talent around him, he will be – he's one of those guys that you could see possibly becoming a dynasty quarterback. Hopefully it's with Cincinnati. I'm not going to say that yet because they got a lot of work to do otherwise, but – it was a great, crazy stat line. I'm so happy that he's playing up to this level. I, it makes me, it makes me feel very, very dumb because early on in the draft process, I was like, "Don't draft Burrow because he's only done it for one season." Draft Chase Young. He's proven me wrong, and I'm so glad that he has. Yeah, for my my player of the week, I'm gonna give love to a UFC fighter. Man. I'm gonna pick Habib. A 29-0 career. Uh, the only time we'll ever be able to pick him because he won't be fighting ever again. Yeah. Um, I'm picking him for my player of the week. Like we said, only lost one round. Or uh, heartfelt win. Um, all heart. Like he he just dominated Gaethje. Gaethje was a very game fighter, but I gotta go Habib. Man, 29-0 career. Like we said, like. He faced some of the best competition lightweight division has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won it for his dad, his last fight, because he didn't want to fight fight without his dad in his corner anymore. Um, like all love to him, man. One of the greatest UFC fighters of all time. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. It, it, I, I either one wins. I'm happy with it because yep. that was that was a great way to end a career like that. And now with that, let's uh, get all the plugs and stuff out of the way. Follow, if you're listening on the Unhinged Network, stay tuned because we've got Duff City Podcast coming up and you're going to want to listen if you're a huge, if you're going to bet on the Masters, listen to the Duff City Podcast because they're our, our golf podcast on the Unhinged Network. Follow the Unhinged Network on Twitter at Network Unhinged, Instagram at UnhingedSN.com or UnhingedSN is their Instagram handle, UnhingedSN.com is the domain where you can listen to us live Wednesdays at... 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 11 to, 11 to 1, 1 here yep. in Denver, where we are. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FEOTBPod. Also on TikTok now. If, if, you, if Game 7 is going on, we will be live tweeting Game 7 on Wednesday night. So be, be on the lookout for that if Game 7 is on. Just just, just going to point that out. But yeah. either way, man, we, we have so many great things going on on Hinge SN. has been 
on his sports network. I don't know why he keeps saying SN. Just yeah. sports network, man. It's been so much fun. We're gonna have a lot more collaborations with them. Um, like we said, we might be able to. We just got a basketball podcast out there in California, so yep. we're no longer the farthest west coast podcast on the network, which is okay with us because we still. I'm a Midwest boy at heart. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, so it's okay, but man, but there's there's so many great podcasts on the network. Um, I, 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 I gotta love it, man. You gotta love it. Can't be. Yeah. So with that, this has been Far End of the Bench, episode 12. We'll see you next week. Peace! This is a dollar belt. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pricks and I made it a habit. Towing them pictures and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be.